welcome aboard the battleship pretension i am tyler smith i'm david back and thank you for listening david yes how you doing i am so excited <laughs> why are you rubbing your hands together like some kind of mad scientist because it's uh the most wonderful time of the year oh, okay it's uh fall movie time that's right uh and i i feel like i always have to you know have uh caveats or qualifiers to why i get so excited about fall movies because i don't want to perpetuate the myth that good movies only come out in the fall right i've actually like i have a top 10 of 2016 right now that is pretty solid uh i've seen a lot of good movies um this year but uh as i talked about on this week's movie journal um the fall is uh yeah there's a lot of interesting movies that come out and also it's the time of year when people are talking about movies and taking them seriously in the way that I, that people like us do all year. Yes. You know, but, um, this is the time when the, you know, the movies that are in the theaters every week are things that I can talk about, talk about with my mom, you know, that like these, uh, you know, in the, in the ramp up to the end of the year awards and, and whatnot. Uh, this is when, um, large portions of America decide, that movies are worthwhile. Um, and so I get very excited about, about the fall. I'd say they, they think they're worthwhile in the summer, but it just in a, in a, I guess, a yes, they, they value different things than I do. Yes. So maybe this is more about me than it is about America. Sure. And it's exciting for me as well, because fall movie season as fall itself should starts in September, pretty much at the beginning of September. Like there's a reason that we're doing this episode right now. And not uh, in three weeks. And not in three weeks. When fall actually starts. Exactly. Then by your logic, the all for all our fall movie preview is going to go into winter. Because you think winter <laughs> starts December first. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um well that's not the case. But well, uh, yeah. We are going to go in uh, this is September through the rest of the year. So we don't have a lot of time to fuck around. Through the rest of the year, really. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Because, and I know that we're doing, we're going a little off format because usually we do. Oh yes. Uh, that's another thing I'll say. Yeah. Is that usually when we, when we do our seasonal movie previews and this always works very well for the summer one that we do mm-hmm. with Josh Fadum every year, we use entertainment weekly as our guide. Yeah. But I looked at the entertainment weekly fall movie preview this year and I felt like, um, a, it's not strictly chronological, which mm-hmm. bothers me less for some reason in the summer. Um, but, uh, I, I want to go like weekend by weekend for some reason here. Summer's um, more of a vibe, right? David? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, but also I, I felt like entertainment weekly was just leaving out movies that I was very interested in. Yeah. Uh, just not mentioning them all or just like putting them in the calendar at the end. Um, and so instead of entertainment weekly, I'm going to be following the other, uh, movie and pop culture news source that you and I talk about constantly, yeah. which is avclub.com who did a terrific two part, um, uh, fall movie preview this, uh, this week. They've been putting out some good stuff lately. They did a thing about Jimmy Stewart, uh, which I liked. Uh, they did a thing about Clint Eastwood and not judging his movies by, by his, his politics. politics I, yeah, I, I read that uh, interesting this morning. And, uh, and I, I, it's, it's odd cause I was actually just having a conversation with a friend, uh, about that, that like, I think he's the type of filmmaker that while his, his own personal politics are absolutely out there in the ether, I think his movies, I personally think they transcend that. Um, I think he's a much more sensitive filmmaker than people would associate with yeah. the hard bitten Republican. Except when it comes to 
uh, superficial jingoistic pap like American Sniper, which deserves no further consideration. <laughs> Doesn't, to be clear, our guest is booing me, there's, there's not a ghost. the movie American Sniper. There's a ghost in here. Um, <laughs> uh, I, 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 uh, that could have been taken for an agreement with what I was saying. Yeah. Uh, I want to make it clear that the guest disagrees with me. Um, but uh, And I'm somewhere in the middle, I think. Yeah, I, That's how I like it. Let's move on. We've got the extreme left with David, well, the look, extreme right with got, Scott, and here's me, old Centrist Smith. That they, we, that's we've what they got call me. plenty to get to, including another Clint Eastwood film that I'm going to be largely dismissive about. Oh. <laughs> um, and uh, but, so let's, uh, let's talk. Now, when we talk about the end of the year, we talk about awards and stuff. The awards just don't, they don't just go to best picture or whatever. Right. There's also people on screen who get awarded. That's like right. Like actors and actresses. Yes. And as long as they're the right color, we're happy with it. <laughs> uh, so, see, I'm extending an olive branch uh, to attitudes around this time of year. Um, so, we have, uh, the, the votes have been tallied, everybody. And uh, your top 25 actors and your top 25 actresses of all time have been uh, put together. They've been ordered. Anytime there was a tie, I made the decision right. uh, because I'm the one doing all the fucking work. And so no everyone else, including the listeners, can go screw themselves. Um, but I'm actually very, very excited about these lists, and we are going I'm to roll them to out. I'm trying to come up with a tie breaker, Tyler breaker. Type. I'm the Tyler breaker. No, no, yeah. that sounds terrible. No, yeah, that, sounds that's like, why it didn't work. Yeah, it's like... Uh, it's a wrestling move. Yeah, if I had my own Bane, like in Batman, he would be like, <laughs> I'm the Tyler Breaker. Um, so uh, I wasn't really sure how to roll these out, so I'm actually just going to separate them uh, completely. That way we can get more clicks over a longer period of time. Uh, oops, did I say that out loud? <laughs> um, where, uh, so starting, by the, starting the 5th, so you'll probably when you're hearing this probably um you can go to battleshippretension.com and you can see uh for the next week we'll be rolling out the top 25 actors and then starting the following week starting the 12th it'll be the top 25 actresses uh and then we'll be doing two separate episodes about each and i'm i'm very excited i think this is a, a by and large, I'm I'm pretty happy with these lists. There's a couple of omissions here and there that I'm not super thrilled about, but that's okay. Um, and a couple of inclusions that were very very surprising. Oh, but yeah. I guess I guess that's just the world we're living in now. Um, can't wait so, to see if yeah. Once can't again, wait to see who from my I submitted a list. To you yes, you did just yesterday. Yeah, and it was kind of like uh, we talk about sometimes the when a person's making a movie. It's done because it has to come out. Yes. Not because they're done making it. And that's kind of how I felt about my list. I worked on it for like a couple of weeks. Yeah. Switching people in, changing the order. And then eventually it was August 31st. And I was like, well, I guess I got to send what I have. Yeah. Not entirely happy with Your it. Your list was not complete. It was abandoned, Dave. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, uh, I'll be releasing the director's cut of my list <laughs> in a couple of years. It's 108 and then, long. And then, yeah. Tinkering with it every uh, couple of years for yeah. the rest of my life. And and we'll talk more about uh, the the details when we actually uh, do our episodes about it. But um, but yeah, this was very exciting and and so notably different. Listeners were very quick to say very different than past lists. Uh, it was somehow harder for them to pick actors uh, more so than directors or specific films or hmm. characters. So that's very interesting. We'll talk about that next week. In the meantime, we have a guest. Yes, uh, our guest um, needs no introduction because he's on the show more than anybody else. It's uh, Battleship Retention's uh, editor at large, Scott Nye. 
So I was made to take my shoes off when I came in, but I see now David has oh, his shit. shoes on. Yeah, no one asked me to take my shoes off. I always, is, I always forget to ask David. This is a crock. Because he's so, he's so intimidating. I'm like, I don't want to <laughs> offend Mr. Bax. Uh, no, I, I always forget. And then I tell you. Uh, when I was uh, letting Scott in, I happened to glance at the sign that says, take your shoes off. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should have Scott take his shoes off. And then that's it. The sign which I just blithely just blasted past. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, it's like three foot by four feet. It's very strange. It's a neon. Yeah. yeah. He was all hopped up on that nicotine. No, that's you know strange. why I like fall is that it's like the superhero movie season for me. I don't really care about the summer blockbusters that much, but fall prestige dramas, even if they're kind of boring, it's my kind of drama. Yeah, we'll be talking about a lot of those. Oh, yeah. But I thought you like, you like uh, maybe not superhero movies, but you like the summer movies from time to time. You like The Shallows. I did like The Shallows. That isn't really what we think of, though, really. You know, when you think of like a big summer movie. I guess not. Gather the, the family together for a big summer movie. Not going to be The Shallows. My big takeaways from this summer, or takes away, whatever you want to say, um, are uh, uh, The Shallows. Yeah. And Nerve. I really liked Nerve. Oh, I missed that one. It was great. Um, and then I think I like Hell or, High Water, Hell or High Water more than you, but that's not really a summer movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, The Shallows and Nerve were my big things. Yeah, I the studio stuff. I think all I have is The Shallows. Yeah. I think, I think you would enjoy Nerve quite a bit. Probably. Okay. Uh, my studio movies of the summer, uh, even though I think these are both spring movies, um, Everybody Wants Some. That was definitely a spring movie. And Neighbors 2, is that a spring movie? It was May. I think, uh, I think at this think point, May is considered summer when you look at some of the movies okay. being released. Well, I like both of those a lot. Okay. And uh, I didn't hate Legend of Tarzan, but it's not, uh, you know, yeah, it's I not didn't in the hate top it. tier. Yeah. Oh, I like Popstar, too. <laughs> oh, and, I really want to see that. And the BFG. I didn't see um, either of those, and I wanted to see both. But... Um, a sad thing happened this summer. We 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 weren't able to escape the summer without uh, some sad things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those just this week was the passing of the great actor and comedian Gene Wilder. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I I I, I, talk, I remember talking earlier in the year about how um, I like I, I didn't cry about Gene Wilder. Right. I, mean, I talked earlier this year about the first time I ever can think of myself can remember myself crying about a celebrity dying with david bowie mm-hmm. um and i didn't quite get there with gene wilder but i did have i was um i i i was kind of bowled over i was kind of flattened when i um uh opened up the the internet the other morning and saw that he had he had passed i guess i mean that's obviously a testament to how great i thought he was but just in general it seems like maybe we're now getting to an age where like people who were like celebrities and figures and artists who are truly important to us are, um, are, are, are going to keep, keep dying. Um, and, uh, yeah, I felt, um, uh, yeah, very, very saddened. Um, I, uh, I almost couldn't tweet about it. Uh, when I read that Gene Wilder had died, and I actually, I actually opted not to. I usually do, but uh, part of me just felt like, what am I going to say that fits into, well, you know? But I had to say, I, I did end up, and I don't think I was as eloquent as I maybe could have been. But Gene Wilder possessed a presence and an energy that I think is completely unique, um, in terms of uh, something. I think a trait we often associate with more um, dramatic actors, which is 
the um um you know like a Denzel Washington or someone who can like yeah. command the screen and hold the screen by doing essentially nothing. Gene Wilder could do that and make it funny at the same time. Yeah. He was he he could often he was like uh, I know there was like people put together like a there's like a YouTube like six minute thing of like Gene Wilder freaking out in movies and it was always very funny mm-hmm. when his character was freaked out um, and definitely a big part of his on screen persona. But I think what spoke to me as a as a kid seeing seeing his movies um, was how funny he was in his quietest moments. You yeah. know, like his um, the even though I think uh, Young Frankenstein is probably my favorite Gene Gene Wilder movie, I think. Um, I will always probably think of Blazing Saddles first because that was a movie mm-hmm. that I um, absolutely loved as a kid and then went through a period of thinking I was too good for and then in recent years have revisited and realized, oh, no, I was right the first time. Blazing Saddles is is awesome and hilarious. Um, but his I mean, his introduction in Blazing Saddles is because he's hung over the character yeah. um, uh, is very quiet and yet uproariously funny. Yeah, the, it's so you're talking about how unique he was. The word that I, that struck me as I was trying to think of what to say about him is unlikely. In the sense that he didn't he he was very distinct in the way he looked. He had a very specific type of voice. Mm-hmm. Um he was definitely a character actor who wound up getting leads, uh lead parts. Um but, you know, when he spoke softly, like he, his voice seemed actually very thin and very light mm-hmm. and incredibly vulnerable. But then he could also, he would have killed doing uh, ASMR videos. <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely. I forget what that stands for, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. I don't know what it stands um, for. Pseudoscience. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, but then he could turn around and yell and it, it's astounding. And just his, Screen presence, I can't think of another actor, and I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, I'm not trying to hold him in such high regards, like nobody else could ever do what he did, you know, which is a thing that we often say about certain actors. And it's like, well, there's a, probably a few. I can't really think of a lot of other actors that can do what he was able to do in quiet moments, in loud moments. Um, you know, he de- delivers a, a very strange manic performance in the producers that doesn't bother me. No, uh, you know, yeah. um, and I don't know. I just can't. Uh, he he's a hard actor. He's elusive. I find him elusive as an actor. I have a har- I, I have a hard time zeroing in on like choices that he's making. Somebody remarked on Twitter, and it's true that even his hair was funny. Yeah, um, <laughs> and that he definitely would have worked like in the silent era. Just his facial expressions and everything were funny in and of themselves. And I mean, even though I don't really like really any of the movies he's starred in, at least the ones I've seen, uh, aside from his segment and everything you want to know about sex. Um, I still, too, found myself missing him as soon as I heard that he was dead. Is he had a certain energy that was very uh, affecting. So, uh, what do you? Why we, do you not care for Young Frankenstein? Not enough snipers. That's. <laughs> I'm like, if somebody just had a sniper, I'll be taken care of. Uh, no, I, I watched it recently. I don't know. It's just it's really long and long passages of just nothing going on. Oh. I don't. He's good. I I don't like Mel Brooks movies though. They're oh man, they were fun when I was thirteen. Uh, I mean, I, 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 that's <laughs> true of yeah. Spaceballs hasn't aged well, but no. I think uh, most of, most of the stuff pre Spaceballs, I think, 
is quite good. And even and even Spaceballs has its moments, it has moments in yeah. regards to like any anytime it's poking fun at like the franchising of Star Wars, I think yeah. it's it it has only become more relevant in that regard. But yeah. like or I mean the the idea that they pull the VHS release of Spaceballs and throw it in to find out where yeah. the other people are in the middle. Hey, that's like a that's like a Charlie Kaufman idea. Yeah, that's, um, there's some good stuff there. Anyway, we're not talking about Space Wolves. We're talking yeah. about Gene Wilder. The movie none of us has mentioned so far is uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Yeah, um, which I imagine has um, delighted and terrified children um, for generations, uh, me included. Uh, and that's another great choice on his part. And the more you read about the making of that movie, you realize how much, like... Uh, I forget the director's name now. Yeah, but, I never um, remember. You realize how much, like, yeah, he created this version of Willy Wonka, um, more or less from the ground up, and the fact that he, knowing he was a comedian cast as a children's movie, made conscious choices to be terrifying, um, is really respectable, and I think is what made that movie. Even though, as a movie as a whole, it's actually not. It's 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 it doesn't hold together all that well, but that's not what you remember after yeah. you're done with the movie. You remember Gene Wilder and he's, he's, I think pretty much the main reason that movie is, uh, survived as much as it has. Jen and I recently saw it in the, in the theater and I've seen it, you know, countless times mm-hmm. growing up. Um, and there is more to that. As I got older, I was like, man, ah, the movie's just Gene Wilder. And then you move on. There's some good stuff in that movie all around. Um, some of that, some of those songs are really great. That's true. And then I think um, some of the kids are are really well cast. Uh, you know, the girl who plays Veruca Salt is great. Um, and then it's it's very, the acting is very good. And as far as the way it's structured, it's it's episodic, which is not inherently a bad thing. But if if you have something that's episodic like that, then you need something that ties everything together. And as the film starts to shift away from Charlie and more towards the ensemble, then you need someone leading the ensemble. And that's what right. Willy Wonka becomes. Which is why the movie is called Willy Wonka and the Charlie yeah. and the chocolate factory, not Charlie and the chocolate factory, which is what the novel is called. Well, and they also called it that because they wanted to tie it in with uh, the Wonka bars. That's oh, literally, right. <laughs> that's literally true. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, he's, and he has moments in watching it again, having not seen it in a long time, but in watching it again recently, the contempt that he feels for everybody uh-huh. is so palpable. I mean, it's, it's something that like when I was a kid, I got the sense that he wasn't always thrilled with these kids. You watch it now and he hates <laughs> and just resents ever, even want even having to put up with a single human being in this world. Um, but then when you change, when he changes at the end, he actually sells it, I think. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like a, it doesn't seem out of character. Um, because it's a guy in Charlie, he finds somebody who has sort of restored his faith. And so, um, so all the passion that went towards hating people is now towards loving Charlie and his grandfather and that sort of thing. And it's just, and it's a shift that I think other actors would have a hard time pulling off especially as it, as it's written, but that he is able to do partially because he, he goes into that voice that I was talking about. That's very vulnerable, very soothing and comforting. And, you know, uh, and I always believe it and it's, yeah, it's a, a really great performance. Yeah. Um, and we, I mean, we're talking mostly about, uh, most of the things we talked about are the 1970s, uh, yeah. you know, and, uh, into the, into the eighties, um, 
but uh, and he didn't work much recently because he had Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I mean, he I, also before that like purposefully kind of quit the film industry. Yeah, and just kind of had enough. I mean, you know, he made his mark and kind of felt the yeah. way things were going and didn't really feel like he fit in. Um, I remember him showing up in a, a handful of Will and Grace episodes as Will's uh, boss. At yeah, that was his rooms. last. I was looking yeah. that up earlier. That was his last credit. That was like over 10 years ago at this point. Yeah, uh, he was good uh, yeah. on that. Um, all right, should we... Uh, and it's weird to think he did an entire series of, of movies with Richard Pryor that mm-hmm. we don't talk much about, mostly because... What, Stir Crazy? Stir Crazy, yeah. And I, think, and I think there are like two or th- one or two others, I think, okay. but I, don't, I can't... Uh, call them to mind but those are i like gene wilder and richard pryor and i feel like i have an obligation to go and i like comedy and i have i feel like i need to go back and watch those especially now yeah all right smooth transition into our sponsors yes, absolutely he will be missed but you know what won't be missed <laughs> the money we're getting from movie um actually that's not true it won't be missed because we're still getting it um but you know what? Even if we weren't, we would still be talking about how great movie is. This episode, as you might have predicted, is brought to you. Scott, it is brought to you. Me? Yes. Woo! By movie. Now, I don't know, Scott, if you know what movie is. Do you know what movie is? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. World friends. Yeah, all the, all the, all the cool kids know. Uh, movie is a curated online cinema that brings its members a handpick selection. <laughs> I'm sorry. Scott is eating a cookie now. And it was Need just, a little boost. And it been a long time. And the way he just walked over to his backpack and pulled out his uh, uh, Tupperware with a single cookie in it <laughs> was one of the. And then there took, used to be more. I ate them. <laughs> it was Scott. You'll have to forgive me. Adorable. Happy to help. Okay. So, Mubi, I'm sorry. Uh, I did not anticipate Scott being the cutest thing on two legs. All right. This episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. <laughs> Damn it, Scott. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 31 of I have the giggles, because every time you take a little, it's, a, well, it's an adorable... Looking. Just look. It's in my peripheral. Mubi, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me, Mubi. I'm treating Mubi like it's a single person now. Um, every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title and you have 30 days to watch it that means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy all for only $5.99 a month plus when you use their mobile apps you can download films to watch offline now Scott this might be of interest to you I'm in I'm listening done with my cookie focused in currently showing on movie are two classics by the beloved new wave director Eric now I never is it Romare or Romer Romare Romare okay um let's say okay it's a fake name anyway, so I guess it doesn't matter. What's his real name? Uh, Maurice Jobert, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, something yeah, else. That's, that's way off. He was worried his family would be ashamed of him, so he changed his name for the films. <laughs> oh. That's a true story. Oh, that's kind of sad. Yeah. And I guess at that point, you locked in. You yeah. can't change it back. And then the family's like, then they're mad at him. Oh, I right assume. up until his death, some of his family didn't know that he was in the film industry. <laughs> that's, uh, well, not, that's not necessarily <laughs> funny, but I find it funny. Um, but anyway, uh, so currently showing on movie, and perhaps you've seen these, because I know you, you've been writing a series. I have. Uh, for us. Uh, the Mar- Marquise, Marquis yeah. of O. Good movie. And Full Moon in Paris. Haven't gotten that one. Watched the first half hour, and it's great. Well. Very funny. You can watch the rest of it at movie. 
Plus, also uh, also available right now is John Ford's Immortal Stagecoach, starring John Wayne in the role that catapulted him to stardom. These movies and more are available at Mubi.com. Uh, and there is also a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Mubi free for one month. Just go to Mubi.com, that's M-U-B-I.com slash Battleship to redeem now. Sorry about laughing at your cookie eating, Scott. Everybody should. It's adorable. It is adorable. Let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. Uh, there are unfortunately no Eric Romare movies uh, on the fall slate because he died six years ago. Because he died six oh. years ago. Um, I remember seeing the first Eric Romare movie I saw was an, is it Autumn Tale and an Autumn Tale or just Autumn yeah, Tale? One of um, those, which I saw in the theater when it came out because it was right about the time that I got my driver's license and started going to see movies by myself all the time because I didn't know anyone else as a as a 16 17 year old I didn't know anyone else who wanted to go see the new Eric Romare movie but that was uh that was my introduction to Eric Romare and then I saw Claire's Knee which I rented from a video store that I used to go to which I eventually worked at in St. Louis which was not an art video store but basically was run by a pack rat who never got rid of any movies so they ended Just up having good sometimes yeah they ended up having all kinds of uh weird stuff that you wouldn't expect to find at this like su- suburban strip mall video store and that's uh, where i saw claire's knee well especially because those movies from the 70s and 80s of his were often sold on their quote-unquote sex appeal which of which the movies actually had very little uh-huh. <laughs> but you could kind of fake it so <laughs> all right um but we're not here to talk about eric Romare. we're here to talk about uh the fall 2016 movies and uh as i mentioned i believe on air before uh we're using the av club as our as our guide although i also have a, wrote a couple of the notes for things i wanted to mention that so did i uh that weren't weren't listed on the av club i didn't make any notes i'm just uh flying blind here but, long for the ride um, we are going uh chronologically so let's start with this week and these movies uh, by the time you're hearing this are already out um One's a science fiction movie called Morgan. You can find a uh, review on the website. Um, yeah, here by, it's terrible. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> written by uh, our one of our great contributors, Ian Brill, who is... Who is not happy with yeah, anything these days. Yeah, tough, hard to impress that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, he didn't like Hell or High Water, which you did. Yes. He didn't like Kubo, which I did. Yeah, uh, I like Kubo as well. Yeah. Uh, but I'm assuming none of us has seen Morgan. That's no. correct. Uh, at least one of us has seen the new Derek Sian France uh, movie, uh, the light between oceans, which also comes out this weekend and is quite good. Uh, oh, have, good. You, have you seen it? No, but I'm very excited. Uh, yes, I'm also very excited. I, Scott, <laughs> I, um, so there are, you know, I'm on Twitter, right? You get around, you know what's going on. Um, but I will go long periods of the day without looking at Twitter, but because you guys are, the fellow like editors of battleship retention i read everything you guys tweet oh. in case there's something that i want to retweet using mm-hmm. like the battleship retention twitter or my own twitter just to promote stuff um and so uh scott you and i there are some things about movies that you and i couldn't disagree more on oh yeah um nightcrawler american sniper the big two uh 2014 <laughs> not a great year for us <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, but then there are some things in which you and I are simpatico. All right. And you had, uh, you, you, you tweeted something about no longer feeling that like you can trust the critical community when it comes to romantic movies. No, not at all. Uh, I, and I, and I immediately, I, I hadn't thought of it that way, but when you tweeted, I said, uh, he's right. But can you elaborate on that? And it was in reference to the light between oceans. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, I wish I had more like evidence in front of me, but I just feel like there's, this uh rush to announce that 
the critics somehow above the genre or not even willing to consider that it is a genre that has to operate in some sort of different mode that uh, romance or melodrama can't have its own tropes that like we forgive in a crime film or a superhero film or, you know, other frankly male genres, but because it's a romantic film and it's a little bit more excessive in some degrees, people feel very comfortable just shoving it off and not really considering how it's working within that genre. And as somebody who loves romantic movies and loves melodrama, uh, I just notice more and more that, you know, a movie that gets like 50, 54% on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm probably going to like it. <laughs> uh, if it's a, a yeah, romance. Yeah, exactly. yeah that reminds me, we were talking about like spring and summer movies we were excited about. Uh, and I didn't 100% love this movie, but I quite liked Me Before You. Yeah, that's pretty good. That, uh, yeah, I think it, but it speaks to what you're talking about, that it was treated as um, disposable, as not worth worthy of consideration, I think, by a lot of uh, the cinephile community. Yeah, and they'll, the terms I notice, especially in the reviews of Light Between Oceans, are the terms you always hear, which is that it's like a lifetime movie, or it's like a soap opera, which are also forms that use the similar tropes, but that doesn't make the tropes themselves bad, you know? I mean, tons yeah. of... There's also plenty of great lifetime movies, by the way. There might be. I wouldn't know, but I'm fine admitting that, unlike the <laughs> majority of critics who seem to have this mastery of lifetime movies. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um... Based on that, I really think that you will like The Light Between Oceans and anyone who uh, feels the way that uh, Scott and I apparently do about uh I also liked his last two movies, movies. So Yeah, I actually I never saw Blue Valentine. Oh, really? Um, uh, and because of that, maybe wasn't emotionally prepared for The Place Beyond the Pines, which uh, blew me away. Um, I thought that was a, an amazing movie. That movie still has not hit... Like, there are a handful of people I know that have seen it and are very affected by it, but it hasn't quite, I think, blown up into where where it deserves to be, which is people that love movies are like, hey, have you seen this? And then... and. Eventually, everybody looks back and says, hey, we not that we missed the boat because people still saw it, but they're like, I don't think we recognize just how brilliant this movie was. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's happened yet. That was what, 2013? Sounds about right. I think that's it. Okay. But um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's one that I look forward to people discovering in the future. Yeah. It kind of happened uh, with my, my wife as well because I got a screener for that one. Um, and I think I like came home from work or something one day, and she, it turned out she had just casually thrown in the screener and I came home and she was like, have you seen the place? <laughs> the pines? Like, and I was like, yeah, I know. Right. Uh, yeah. So there are people out there who, uh, give that movie the love it deserves. Uh, I really need to see blue Valentine though. Apparently, uh, also out this weekend is yoga hosers. I don't have any thoughts. Apparently it's terrible. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Max Rose is a very small release this weekend, which is, um, I have it for next weekend. Uh, oh, maybe you're right. Uh, AV club has it as, as this weekend. Um, it could be a New York thing. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, uh, I it's don't know Jerry Lewis movie. Though. Yeah. It's Jerry Lewis, uh, starring in a, is it, is it a, it's like a dramedy? Yeah. It's like kind of his about Schmidt kind of thing. Mm. Is my impression of it. Okay. Um, I'm interested in the, to the extent that Jerry Lewis interests me. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, skip trace. I don't care about that. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what, although I do enjoy Johnny Knoxville as a personality. I, I feel like he has a great deal of charisma. I don't think I'm ever going to see this movie, but I like the idea of Johnny Knoxville acting in things. Yeah. And, and this is a, uh, it's a Johnny Knoxville, for those who don't know Johnny Knoxville, Jackie Chan, uh, mm-hmm. thing, which means it's an action comedy, which yeah. means it's probably going to call for some physical comedy on Johnny Knoxville's part, which is what he's good at. Yeah. There's a part that this is a movie that everyone rightfully forgot because it's, um, 
not really worth much of your time. But it's called Big Trouble. Do you remember that movie? Oh, yeah. yeah I remember. Uh, and giant, who's the, it's Johnny Knoxville and Tom Sizemore, Tom Sizemore <laughs> play the burglars. Yeah. Who, Would you say they're bumbling, David? Very much. Because there's a thing where they get like pantyhose or whatever to put on their head. But Johnny Knoxville dumbly buys black pantyhose instead of yeah. the ones that he can actually see through so the part where he's trying to steal from the cash register and he's got the pantyhose like pulled forward so that he can like look <laughs> down at the cash register it's a brilliant bit of physical comedy yeah. it's maybe the thing about that movie that sticks out to me more than any other yeah i read the book so did i yeah book's not bad uh i guess uh, yeah i think i'm uh i used to be so into dave barry you really were uh and now i still i still have a lot of respect for him but i also think that having read so many of his columns uh and this one novel i feel like i've gotten used to his bag of tricks to the point where it doesn't work for me anymore uh anyway we got off topic um and scott since you have a list stop me uh any time well there's also uh, the academy of muses which i reviewed for the site and posted today or yesterday um it's a very interesting spanish film that's kind of about the nature of muses i guess and how they're contorted into uh, a patriarchal force or maybe it's a feminist force and it's kind of a discussion slash romantic comedy about that but in an academic setting it's pretty interesting it comes out in new york and then some other theaters down the line um speak i didn't think about this but speaking of limited release movies that have reviews up right now uh white elizabeth wood's white girl is up uh if you listen to our next fest episode a couple weeks ago you will hear that i did not care for it uh but you can go very read. divisive that movie yeah, I, some yeah, people the, love it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, uh, I. I don't. Uh, I, I. I understand that. Yeah, I, I understand how that could be. But it, yeah, it didn't work for me. Um, there's also a movie out this weekend called uh, Anti Birth, which I don't know much about, but I know that it has Natasha Leone in it, and that's um, pretty pretty solid. Well, yeah, yeah. But let's get into September 9th. Yeah, so All we right. can talk about Sully. I'm so movie. excited for Sully, guys. Can you tell me why okay, you're I, excited for it? Well, first, it's the new Clint Eastwood movie, which that's enough for me. Okay. I also love the, Tom Hanks. Yeah. That's I understand. Also enough. Yeah. I understand you, being excited by a director, even if the movie itself seems like it should have no reason to exist. Well, have you seen the trailer, though? Uh, no. I don't, oh, man. I the trailer is so good. I've it seen it like 50 really times. I keep getting more excited every time I see it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for it. I, I like... Tom Hanks is somebody that I think, I think in 2013, again, um, when he made... When he was in Captain Phillips and then... You know, uh, Saving Mr. Banks is not a great movie, but I think he has some really nice. And he was in Cloud in Atlas the year before that. Yeah, like he's. It's it's not like he ever really went away, but I think he's doing some really good stuff now, and I'm excited to see him play. Did any of us this see part Hologram for the King? No, no. I believe Josh reviewed it for the site, but uh, but yeah, but I might see it. Uh, I'm not going to see any of these uh, uh, Da Vinci Code movies. There's another one coming yeah. out, so I'm <laughs> yeah, not improbably enough. But uh, but yeah, I'm super excited for Sully. Uh, okay. I, I guess I just, uh, I like, there's a number of Clint Eastwood movies that I like, mm-hmm. but usually when he takes on an historical figure and I'm a defender of J Edgar, which I know is not a very critically popular movie, but, uh, I, I, I quite like that one. Um, I don't love it, but I like it. Uh, but when he takes on an historical figure or a real life figure, it's usually because there's some controversy or, um, it's someone whose life hasn't been, uh, examined uh that deeply but i feel like it feels so weird to make a like a prestige drama about a guy that everyone seems to be cool (laughs) like everyone's like yeah so he's he's great well and the the story seems to be that yes we're all on board with him but 
this was not uh, unearned, uh, not merely because of what he did, but also all the stuff that came after um, and where he actually had to defend his actions and that uh, against, uh, you know, uh, a board of some kind. Seems um, that way. And so it's, uh, but I'm intrigued enough that like if there's, I don't necessarily always love Clint Eastwood and I think that uh, there's an element where it's not that he's only as good as his screenplay, but he's worked with some bad screenplays and will not change them, which I'm sure is really exciting for the screenwriter, but not always great for the viewer. It's um, not always exciting for the screenwriter. I remember Dustin Lance Black uh, during the making J. Edgar, Edgar was like, maybe we should revise some of this. And Eastwood was like, no, it's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep going. Yeah, yeah. there's like a, there's an Edwood element. It's like, it's perfect. It's yeah. great. Um, it's already you wrote it on a page, right? Yeah, that's exactly. marvelous. Um, but yeah, so I but I do trust him enough that like. He thinks there's a story here, and so I'll, I'll go with him. I'm wondering if I'm going to be able to forget that part in 30 Rock with Matt Damon. Do you guys remember this? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Matt yeah. Damon is like, uh, why does he get all the credit? The rest of us avoid birds all day or something. Like that. No, I can't remember I can how never, he no, it. He says, um, all you had to do was not hit the birds. Yeah. I don't hit the birds every day. Where's my ticket to the Grammys? <laughs> um, all right. Um, there's a horror movie coming out September 9th called The Disappointments Room. Um, it's from the director of Hush and Oculus, which uh, are movies that have gotten some I've attention. Heard, I've heard good things. Yeah, I, I don't know much about The Disappointments Room. I know it has uh, Kate Beckinsale oh. in it. I saw a trailer for it uh, yesterday, um, okay. and I remember thinking that, like, man, how much faith do you have that critics are going to love your movie, that you're incorporating disappointment into the title? <laughs> Come on, guys. Like, I've got it already. It's just like, oh, the only disappointments room is the theater itself. Uh, there you, go. you know, it's and it just looks so standard. It just, oh, she finds a key and there's this, there's a room in this house that's not on the blueprint. What's going on here? It just looks very standard. I'm oh. disappointed already. Yeah. There's um, also a movie uh, called Camera Person that uh, is supposed to be amazing. It's the Yes, by- I hear that it's very good. <laughs> I don't know what that emphasis was. Oh, OK. I, <laughs> I see what that is. David, get was. your hand off of Scott's leg. No. <laughs> From everything I've been told, yeah. heard about the movie, it's excellent. What the fuck do you think you're doing here? <laughs> like, we all know what's happening. Well, I'm just saying. I hear nothing but great things about camera person. I, too, have heard great things. And For those who don't know what it's about, because some of us can't apparently talk what it's about, <laughs> uh, it's uh, made by a documentarian who kind of incorporates footage she shot over the years in sort of an autobiographical manner, is my understanding of it. And maybe someone at this table could confirm or elaborate on that, or maybe not. And just Yes, it, she refers to it as... Uh, as a memoir okay uh, it is mostly comprised of footage that she shot um for documentaries many of which you may have heard of like uh fahrenheit 9-11 and hmm. uh, citizen four um and stuff like that um and um i hear maybe there's also some home movies mixed in um so it's a, it's like a found footage memoir sort of but um it's not found footage so much as it's pieced together from things that that she shot. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, also at October or sorry, sorry, I jumped ahead. Uh, also on September 9th is other people, which I saw at Sundance. You did not. Scott? No. Um, it's Looks so boring, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, on, on, I understand on paper. It's exactly the kind of, uh, Sundance, uh, sad, uh, white dude dramedy that I tend to hate. Um, it does have Molly Shannon in it though. Uh, it has a great cast. It's Molly Shannon and, Bre- and Bradley Whitford. The star is Jesse Plemons. Hmm. Um, and, uh, there's a bunch of other people, um, who, who show up in it. Um, 
but it's uh, it's actually um, quite good, and it's not uh, a revelation or anything. But um, it's really solid because it's. Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily because it's autobiographical. Plenty of autobiographical movies are terrible, um, but I think what really makes it solid, what sets it apart from other of these kind of um, movies like the Howlers, which also was at Sundance this year and which I um, really um, had a strong distaste for. Um, It's legitimately funny. Uh, This guy's a UCB alum and a Saturday Night Live. uh, I think in the, in since the movie's come out, he's been promoted to head writer at Saturday Night Live. Um, This guy knows comedy and writes and casts and directs uh, with comedy in mind a lot of the time. And I think that um, is what, makes the movie rise above its uh what what you would assume it is based on its plot description which is a a sad white dude comes home to take care of his dying mom Mm -hmm. rock and roll (laughs) um uh kicks is a movie if you if you listen to our uh, bp movie journal you heard me talk about uh kicks um i haven't heard it yet did you like it I've got about 50 press emails for it, so I hope it's good. <laughs> yeah, I saw, yeah, they've seen people tweeting about how, like, <laughs> uh, they're really doing the full court press on uh, the press uh, yep. emails uh, on that movie. Yeah, uh, I actually did uh, like it quite a bit. Okay, good. I mean, it seems like a movie that I, it's, it, it feels like it's the kind of movie that someone who's in, like, eighth or ninth grade is going to discover it and think it's amazing and then in like 15 years is going to go back and go, Oh, it actually was quite good. Like maybe not as good as I thought, no. but this actually is a really solid movie, but I think it's really going to appeal to, uh, um, that age of budding cinephile because it's, um, uh, mostly because of its, uh, aesthetic, which I, I talked about in the movie journal is, uh, lots of, um, um, steady cam floaty wide angle, uh, shots, um, it, which gives kind of an ethereal presentation to a very hard scrabble physical uh, location. Um, and then it also has some magical realism in it uh, as well, which is, a All right. uh, always pleases me personally. Um, I can't say um in between every movie. That's going to get really old. Um, demon. I just did it again. <laughs> demon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what When the Bow Breaks is. I know it has more oh. chestnut in it, which is an actor yeah. that I've always liked. Yeah, I saw these uh, very sexy billboards around town, so I looked into it. Uh, yeah, I saw a trailer for it. I, I haven't seen the trailer, so you go ahead. You apparently actually it, know about it. It looks like a sort of a fatal attraction type uh, yeah. type movie. And uh, it looks fine. Looks, you know, it's not my cup of tea yeah. in general. Um, but looks like a nice little perfectly fine suspense story. Could be cool. I Erotic thriller, I perhaps. Liking it. Uh, I like that kind of thing when it's done well. Um, not on this list, but also coming out. Well, there is. There's the French World War II movie Come What May, which I talked about in the movie journal. Uh, not very good. But there's also. I'm not sure why it's not on the list because I'm very excited about uh, author the JT Leroy story, uh, which is the new uh, documentary from Jeff Fierzig, who made The Devil versus uh, The Devil and Daniel Johnston. Mm. Uh, well, it was like ten years ago now. About. Um, outsider artist musician uh daniel johnson uh this is about jt Leroy. if you know the story is a memoirist who became famous and turned out to not be a real person to be uh, hmm. a fabricated character by another uh, hmm. uh another writer um and it's a document about that and i'm very excited to see it uh when it comes out i think someone 
maybe Ian again um, saw it and should have a review up uh, on our site next week. Well, that's probably terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, on to September 16th. We've got Blair Witch coming out, which I saw at Comic-Con and uh, is worth your time, worth your uh, September horror movie dollar. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, Snowden, which I also saw at Comic-Con, but can't tell you how I feel about it. Mm. I'm excited for it, though. Uh, That's all I'll say. Okay. <laughs> I'm interested. Bridget Jones's baby. Okay. Everyone's going on about how Renee Zellberger looks all different. She looks yeah. the same to me. <laughs> looks exactly the same. Yeah, that um, there was that. Uh, it wasn't an Entertainment Weekly because Owen Gleiberman doesn't write for Entertainment Weekly anymore. But it was Owen Gleiberman writing about right. Um, and I feel like his premise was an interesting one: the idea of if an actor changes their appearance but then plays the same character they played before, like uh, how does that change how we view that character? Hmm. The premise is interesting. Yeah, for yeah. sure. The way he fra- the way he framed it was, was basically like, yeah, like like uh, I don't find her pretty anymore. Was basically, <laughs> um, and it's you know, uh, it's telling that these conversations didn't come up around uh, Wall Street. Money never sleeps, right? <laughs> like Michael Douglas is uh, not free. His face is not free of uh, tampering. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. interesting way of phrasing it sure um, so there is yeah there's definitely some um i, I think there's some loaded conversations yeah. happening yeah. Uh, uh around um uh renee Zellweger having uh whatever whatever uh, it's none of our business i don't care uh, as long as she's uh happy and uh, i don't plan on seeing this movie i never saw edge of reason i haven't seen any of and them i feel like I, I don't remember liking Bridget Jones' Diary, but I may have been too young. It, you know, I hadn't this um, this this empathy that you and right. I, Scott, have that now allows us to love movies that are traditionally aimed at uh, at women. I think when I was fifteen, or what year? What year was Bridget Jones? That was like two thousand two, maybe. That, that was Edge right. of Reason. Oh, I'm saying. Oh no, no, it was uh, two thousand. I think two thousand. Okay, so yeah. I, I was eighteen. So I was probably I was probably not mature enough yet to have time for movies that. Uh, weren't um, more masculine. Uh, I didn't even see them. So <laughs> because, but, but I know people now. I think I think Bridget Jones's Diary is generally a fairly well regarded. Seems movie. that way. Less so Edge of Reason. Right. Um, but maybe, sequels, yeah, maybe I should go back and watch uh, the original. Uh, did you see it, Tyler? No. Okay. Um, don't care about that one. Uh, Operation Avalanche sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't have anyone reviewing it. <laughs> We did, and some, then there was some, some scheduling stuff. Yeah. Um, you have any thoughts on Operation Avalanche? I almost saw it at Sundance, but I ended up having a large breakfast instead. Oh, you got like that. Where'd you go? Uh, wherever that diner was, that was right near the press screening room or the press screening theater group. It was. I don't know if you, you and I went Burger there. King. <laughs> I am not thinking of Burger King. I can't remember the guys' place. So many of those tables. But it was the only place things. you could get cheap food that was still really good uh, in the Sandowns area. You had uh, me a diner. There, there's also, um, I want to mention um, a documentary I talked about on the movie journal a couple weeks ago called Southwest of Salem. Um, it has a subtitle, The Story of the San Antonio Four or something. Um, that's terrific and definitely, uh, people should definitely see that about a, um, a group of uh, lesbian women who were collectively. Uh, accused of a terrible, terrible crime. Oh yeah, that's not really interesting. Yeah, the the movie goes a great length and um, 
making a case that they are completely innocent. Um, uh, it's it's a really good movie in the in the tradition of Paradise Lost and uh, those kind of things. On to the twenty third. The Magnificent Seven. I'm very excited. I'm pretty excited. So am I. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's yeah. really, it looks really good to me. Uh, you got Denzel, you got Pratt, you got Ethan Hawke. Vincent D'Onofrio. I'm excited about him. I have been, even for longer than this podcast exists, exi- has existed, I've been an, uh, uh, a, a big fan of Antoine Fuqua. Well, because his last good movie is well before this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that true? We were going um, over this. I was going over this group of friends the other night, and we're pretty sure the only good movie of his is Training Day. I know you like Shooter. Shooter. He did Shooter. I yes. see Shooter. Yes, he did Shooter. I also, again, I haven't seen this one in a long time, but the director's cut of King Arthur is okay. worthwhile. Right. Um, it's fine. I, I, yeah, I do think the whole um, Keira Knightley and the Celts storyline uh, yeah. doesn't work. Or whatever. Maybe they're the, I don't know what they're supposed to be. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they're Celtic. They're probably not Celtic. Maybe they're Anglo-Saxons. I don't know. Um, that whole part of the movie doesn't work. But the stuff about the Knights of the Round Table uh, and the battle scenes are uh, are well done. Um, and then, you know, there's Tears of the Sun. <laughs> there sure is. <laughs> and The Equalizer, his last movie. Oh, right. I forgot about which that. Which I almost saw in Mexico, but then uh, it was raining. Okay. Wait. <laughs> it doesn't take it's much a, to uh No, it was, re- it was raining really hard, so much so that the uh, person uh, who was kind of keeping the hostel we were staying at was like, you should not go outside. Oh, so I we see. stayed in. I was, was going to say, going to movies seems like a good thing to do when it's raining. Uh, not but like this. You couldn't even get to the movie theater. Yeah, it would have been very difficult. Okay. He directed the documentary Lightning in a Bottle, which oh, is a, really? very, I like that a one. very good one. Yeah. Um, it's a documentary about blues. Mm-hmm. Or it's a, it's a concert. The St. Louis Blues. No, it's a concert documentary about um, a, uh, a blues concert mm-hmm. um, at, I don't know. I don't remember where. Yeah, whatever. Um, I don't know. I can't think of any. I literally can't think of any like famous concert well, halls. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, There's the Sydney Opera House. Was it there? No. Okay, I'm out. Right. Carnegie Hall, maybe. Sure. Um, but it's also I also think of Lightning in the Bottle as being sort of the subtext of that movie being about how um, all the fans of this like deep African American rooted music are now like white boomers yeah. <laughs> like it's you've got on stage you've got like um uh i'm, I'm drawing what you've got bb king yeah. and you've got uh johnny hooker and you've got all these uh big names and then whenever the camera shows the audience it's all middle-aged white <laughs> yeah. people they're the uh, only ones that could afford tickets i'm going <laughs> to assume yeah and I do, I do think that it, there is an intentional subtext uh going on in that movie about that um Anyway, uh, there's so, no new Beauty and the Beast uh, on the 23rd, directed okay, by the guy. Um, okay, I've got Storks. We don't need to talk much about. Um, yeah, let's talk about Beauty and the Beast. It's directed that by the guy. That Silent Hill movie, but it's got uh, oh. Vincent Cassell and Leah uh, Sedu. Okay, so I like, uh, I like that's a good start. Yeah, could be good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Leah uh, Sedu. Um, yeah, yeah. She was in uh, the Lobster. She sure was. Mm-hmm. Played the Lobster. Yep. Uh, Sexiest lobster I've ever seen. <laughs> she was in two of the recent films by director Benoit Jaco. Um, the Diary of a Chamber, the Diary of a Chamber, Chambermaid was the most recent. Uh, but then in 2013, I want to say, or 2012, maybe she was in one of his all-time masterpieces, which is called Farewell, My Queen. Mm. Um, it's her and uh, Diane Kruger and uh, Virginie Ledoyen uh, are all in that. Uh, so right yeah, on. I'm a big fan of Leia Sadu. Um, 
I said I mentioned Storks. Also at the twenty third is Goat, uh, uh, a mm. movie that I that I quite liked. Um, but I'm almost like when people see it, I'm almost I feel like I'm going to be like embarrassed to admit that I liked it because I think people are going to be like, "What does it say about you that <laughs> yeah. you like enjoy, enjoyed this movie so much?" Um, yours, that's yours, the frat hazing movie. You're like, I'm not gay or anything. They're like, that's not the issue here. I think there's <laughs> much deeper things going on. Um. My Blind Brother has a great cast of Jenny Slate, Nick Kroll, and uh, Adam Scott. I like that. Yeah. I like Adam Scott in basically everything. See, I don't think I like Adam Scott. Anymore. Why do you hate Adam Scott so much? It's in, He seems so smug on screen. He never really seems like he's actually like in hmm. any sort of presence. He doesn't seem like he's in the character or like enjoying himself on set. He seems like kind of uncomfortable and yet proud of himself for being there. <laughs> uh, Queen of Katwe. Am I saying that right? I think so. That's how everyone else I've heard say okay, it. Okay, I said so. it. Um, I don't know much about it. Uh, I saw the trailer, and it looks like a really good family movie that oh. I won't see. And it's, uh, but it's Mirna Nair, yeah. um, whom I uh, mm. am a big fan of. So yeah, I will, I will definitely see Queen of Codway, because I uh, really like Mirna Nair. Uh, I even like Vanity Fair, which everyone forgets uh, she made and forgets existed. <laughs> I didn't good, see it. That's a good one. You liked it too? I, th- I mean, I... I'll, I'll be honest, I don't remember really anything about it, <laughs> but I do recall enjoying it at the time, thinking it was very pretty. Very pretty, yeah. Sometimes that's enough. Sometimes that's enough. All right, uh, and now to, this is the movie that I'm already gearing up to defend. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, I know what you're going into. The Dressmaker. Oh, sure. I'm very excited for this after hearing yeah. you, you talk about it. It's, uh, it's the um, Australian uh, revenge western um, starring... Kate Winslet as a young woman who returns to her hometown from which she was banished as a girl for a crime she and doesn't remember committing. What is her first line when she shows uh, up? <laughs> she walks very slowly down the street in the middle of the night, lights a cigarette, and says, I'm back, you bastards. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, and it also has Judy Davis and uh, Liam Hemsworth uh, and uh, Hugo Weaving. Um and uh yeah it's uh, it's not going to be for everyone because it is uh, at such an exaggerated the whole thing takes place at such an exaggerated pitch that i think people are going to find it uh possibly grotesque um but have you seen uh, this poster for it uh yes i have have you seen that tyler <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty wonderful it's, it's uh her walking away from an entire town on fire yeah in a in a gorgeous yeah, gown yeah. which that's a huge while possibly smoking i think oh no she's holding a lighter uh, mm. um because she lit the town on fire yeah. these that's uh the impression i get these great uh like mid-century gowns are a big part of the movie uh so um that's just another reason that i love it so much it's it's gorgeous and completely wacko uh and uh uh, I, I hope it finds. They're still sending audience. out. I mean, it's probably a little too late now because it comes out pretty soon. But uh, like they still sent out more uh, press screenings uh, even after you yeah. were talking about it. Good. So, and uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go. But you oh. definitely sold it to me. I saw it. I had never been there. I haven't been back since the broad green screening room. I don't want to get too insidery here. It's pretty posh. But yes, it is very posh. And also, just like I, like walking through the broad green offices to the screening room, I was like. I gotta go on the website and see if they're hiring. I know. <laughs> they live well over there. <laughs> yeah, very awesome. Kind of like they're like the 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 offices of Pied Piper on Silicon Valley. Like, nice. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> also, around this time is another movie I saw um, at Sundance called uh, Sandstorm, which is um, 
uh, worth your time about uh, a Bedouin family and a sort of a rebellious Bedouin girl and her um, uh, contentious relationship with uh, both her parents. It's good. Okay. Um, all right, on to so we are tearing through this. We're an hour in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. We're on to September 30th, by the way. You didn't actually say the date. Oh, sorry. Um, I don't have time for that. Um, (laughs) It looks interesting to me, but uh, my interest is only... I think my ceiling, my my ceiling of interest for Tim Burton is at about 70%. (laughs) Um, So I'd say I'm at about... 55% 55% uh, interested in this movie. Is it Eva Green in the lead role? It is. That's and pretty I like, intriguing. I like yeah. that. that is She's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. But that is. Just, but I mean, she she was in the Dark Shadows movie. But right? she wasn't the lead there, right? Right. No. Yeah. And she was, I remember liking her in the Dark Shadows movie. She didn't save the movie. No, of course not. Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, I just, uh, I hear like about a Tim Burton movie like this. It sounds interesting. Yeah. And I start to get excited and then a part of me goes, wait, it's Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah. Do not set yourself up for disappointment the, again. The thing that I... Although I liked uh, the Frankenweenie uh, feature uh, a few years ago. Well, and that's the thing. He's returning to something that he used to do and I feel like the potential of this movie for being, you know... First off, like a Tim Burton version of X-Men, which I find interesting, <laughs> but then also it's misfits again. Like it's, it's a, and having to yeah. sort of bond together and it could be, it could wind up being super cloying, um, but it also could have a nice, uh, nice heart to it. So I'm not, I'm not writing it off, but I'll wait. I'll probably wait to see what the reviews are. So um, then, not- isn't that depressing? I'm sorry to, to interrupt. Like there was a time when Tim Burton was like, inherently well obviously i'm going to see that yeah and i literally just said about a movie that is tim burton to its core that i'll wait and see what the reviews are before i even entertain the notion of thinking about it uh, well, of well, seeing it when was the last really exciting movie i mean i know there was a time but it was a pretty narrow window if you really think about it well i mean let's see yeah has he been disappointing for longer than he was what i'm wondering but I guess maybe I guess the, depends the, on the brightest flames burn the, the fastest. But there are, there are people that like Big Fish. I'm not one of them. I like um, Big Fish. I'm fine. a big fan of Sleepy Hollow. And I'm not a big fan of Sleepy Hollow. I like Sleepy Hollow. And then uh, I don't love Sweeney Todd, but I, a lot of people do yeah. like it a lot. Um, certainly from like 87 to 95, like that was his. Right. Yeah. That was peak Burton. But yeah. like you're. And I even like Mars Attacks a lot. I love yeah, Mars Attacks. <laughs> let's, well, um, since all three of us like it, let's say 96. There you go. Um, but the things you're saying about like, oh, this seems so Tim Burton and could be a return to form for him. That's like, I feel like we were saying that about Dark Shadows. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it didn't. And, and it even uh, Big Eyes, we were like, oh, he'll, he's doing a real script. It'll you know, calm yeah. him down a little bit, but it's still terrible. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is. Like a return to form. Well, he never really left his form. He just sort of either allowed it to get co-opted or just sort of fell into a pattern and just made it boring. I think he just got too comfortable. I don't know. Didn't have anything to strive for after a while. Yeah, it's very sad. So then on September 30th, we get, this is perplexing to me. This fall, we will see two movies directed by Peter Berg in which Mark Wahlberg plays real-life American heroes. Um, that's so weird. <laughs> that, very that, strange. That, 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 that scheduling. But the first one uh, is Deepwater Horizon, um, in which Mark Wahlberg plays one of the uh, oil rig workers on the Deepwater Horizon. Yeah. 
Could be cool. Yeah. Good big screen adventure. I think yeah. by and large, I like Peter Berg. I'm usually interested to see what he's doing. Um, yeah. I didn't see, I mean, there's a couple of his, I, I didn't see like The Kingdom. That's I didn't him, see The Kingdom. Right? I don't think yeah, I've seen it. one of his movies for a while. That's the problem. When was the last I one saw, he did? I think Lone Survivor, which I saw. Oh, which I didn't like. Yeah, yeah it wasn't very good, but it was well directed. I'd have to see it again, which I won't. Um, you just hate soldiers, don't you, David? No, not at Whether all. Whether it be snipers or lone <laughs> survivors, you just, you, you're against the troops. That's my view. Huh. I don't know. I like Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> 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 That's a good movie about soldiers. <laughs> all right. You know what? I stand corrected. <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, here's a movie that I uh, haven't seen yet, um, but I'm very excited about, um, despite its daunting runtime, uh, American Honey. Yeah. So pumped for it. Yeah. Which one is that? Um, the new Andrew Arnold movie uh, with Shia LaBeouf. And who's the somewhat famous actress in it? Not the lead, but there's right, some. Riley Keough? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Uh, but she, yeah, she did, I can't even think of, Fish Tank? That was her, right? Oh, okay. And she did the um, the Wuthering Heights movie. Yeah, which like I five missed. Years ago, which is really good. Yeah, really I heard good. that was amazing. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty excited for this one. All right. Um, Denial. This is like that kind of awesome. It involves Rachel Vice and, and somebody's denying the Holocaust and they're in a courtroom. Oh, that's right. So okay. it feels like it could be a good time with the fall movies, which is what I'm talking about, which is like, it's probably pretty yeah. proud of itself, Yeah, but it's probably kind of well-written and like vaguely rousing. Well, and do you feel like Timothy Spall, I'll see him in almost yeah. anything. And they're, it's, they're in a courtroom. So they're probably like making accusations at each oh. other. Oh, British accusations. There's revelations happening every yeah. second. But do you feel like, and this is something that, Tyler, I think you a couple weeks ago said off mic about when we were talking about doing this fall preview. Um, it seems like there's more than usual this fall, this type of movie. The kind of like crowd-pleasing drama directed by like a journeyman. There's like, because this mm. is uh, I doubt it's uh, more than usual. But <laughs> yeah. It just, maybe just feels like there's a glow. I think we just forget is, these this all. This Mick Jackson, uh, who directed The Bodyguard. Uh, Oh, yeah. um, I'm sure we just forget these so fast that like yeah. we never realize how many there are every season. I think what I was noting is that there might be these, but there's the absence that it feels to me like there's an absence of from an auteur, an auteur standpoint, tentpole movies. Like I feel like it's mostly this and I can't call to mind like, Oh, this this director that no, I, I know, know what you mean. Like, like there's not a lot of like long established major directors who have big movies this yeah. fall um that that could change if we get an official release date for silence i was uh, just gonna bring sure. that up yeah uh, yeah we're gonna have to overlook that in our fall preview it's probably coming out this year but yeah who's to yeah. say um all right <laughs> speaking of things that um we didn't know when they would come out. I feel like <laughs> Masterminds is a movie that yeah, is on right? our last two summer movie previews. <laughs> like I even um, saw a trailer for it. Like I feel oh, like really? a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the Hess. Yeah, yeah. I, it looks as I was. Uh, I saw a trailer for it. I did not remember talking about it or anything like that. So I saw the trailer. I was like a bunch of complete imbeciles that I hate. I'll bet. <laughs> that Jared Hess directed this. And sure enough, <laughs> there it is. I do not like the work that he does. No, thank I you. love Nacho Libre. Uh, I didn't see that one. But other than that, I'm kind of with you, but I'm still kind of looking forward to this for the cast. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I still like Napoleon Dynamite. I feel like it wasn't cool at the time to like it. Yeah, I haven't cool seen now, it but. since it came out, so I don't even... But at the time, I loved it. I was yeah, in high school, so I was like the perfect age for that thing. There are still some, like, when... Uh, how was your day, Napoleon? Worst day of my life. What do you think? That's like one of my favorite lines. <laughs> the one that you and I would go back because it's not a movie that I, I don't think I ever really liked it, but you can still I can still acknowledge that there's right. some stuff in there. And uh, Uncle Rico saying like, "I bet I could throw a football over that mountain." Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, that's the great John Grease. Grease. Yep. I don't know how you say his name. Who I saw at a gas station once. I was like, I want to say something to him, but it'd probably be weird to walk up to somebody gassing up their car. There was a cast member of SNL walking down my block yesterday. Who was that? Uh, Kyle Mooney. Oh, yeah. If you ever, you guys have been in my block. It's not really a celebrity like yeah. happening spot, but there he was just strolling down the street. He yeah. was there because he needed to be. Yeah. Um, Probably yeah. buying drugs from someone. Oh, undoubtedly. Speaking of, there's a word you used earlier and pronounced differently than I'm going to. Speaking of divisive, I feel like as a SNL cast member, there are people who have no time for kyle mooney i like that kyle mooney <laughs> and he yeah he's for me uh, on the rare occasion when i watch uh snl if it's a kyle mooney especially if it's a kyle mooney beck bennett right like, digital short i'm sitting up i'm putting down my phone <laughs> this is what i'm paying attention to those are uh consistently very funny and me. this this speaks to how out of touch i am with snl i have not even heard of this person well i can't help you anything else for the 30th um what else uh, do I have? Nope, nothing else for the 30th now. Into October. Into October and into, let's kick off October with the uh, former uh, Best Picture frontrunner <laughs> that we're now all uh, tiptoeing around and looking askance at, uh, uh, The Birth of a Nation. I think by then it will, I think they'll champion it again. Um, I feel like it's going to burn out. I heard enough rumblings at Sundance that it wasn't that good. <laughs> That, you know, I, that was just backlash? No, this was like, uh, there were some, you know, contrarian people who were kind of naturally filter out, but there were some people who were approaching it decently and they were at the big premiere and there wasn't like time for it to come wrap around. They just like, I mean, it's a 95 minute epic that's kind of, you know, it's a first time filmmaker and they just say, you know, it looks cheap and the story's really rushed. Hmm. And I feel okay. like, I mean, I, I hate to put it, I hate to put Nate Parker's personal life in the terms of the movie, but in terms of its Oscar chances and stuff, I feel like the nagging issues within the movie are going to become more pronounced over the next couple of months. I guess that's, I guess there's a possibility of that. I, I guess I'm also just thinking in terms of given the conversation around the Oscars over the last two years, I think they are looking for any but this opportunity. this is not its only chance. They're only chance to do that. What else they got? I guess well, we'll, we'll find, I that. guess we'll find out. <laughs> Stay Suspense. Tuned. Yeah. Um, now, when we were talking about uh, major, direct, major directors with movies coming out uh, this fall, we overlooked Terrence Malick because right. yeah. um, the, this is a, a you know not a traditional movie. It's a IMAX documentary called Voyage of Time, um, but I'm uh, very excited about it. Super very pumped! Excited. Yeah, it's, I, I haven't even watched the trailer. Uh, well, AV Club decides it as the creation sequence from the Tree of Life expanded to feature length. Oof! And IMAX. Uh, yeah. You know what? Okay, I'm on yeah. board. Well, it's going to be 40 minutes in IMAX and then 90 minutes for general release, which is very strange. And so I'm going to have to pay to see, see this damn thing twice. Also because, that, and I'm only just reading this on the AV Club, I didn't realize this, there's two different narrators. Yeah. Brad yeah. Pitt narrates the short IMAX version and Kate Blanchett narrates the feature length. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll go twice. see both <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, 
The Girl on the Train, October 7th. Looks um, pretty good. Yeah. I don't really know much about it, but I caught like the last half of the trailer <laughs> the other day, and it looked pretty cool. And Emily Blunt at the yeah. center of it. I like, like that. that. But who is the... Who was the director here? It's Tate Taylor? Yeah, yeah. Who is that? Directed uh, The Help. The Help. But he also directed Get On Up, which I... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, which I stand by. Um, I endorse Get On Up. Uh, saw that one twice. And you never know. Like, uh, sometimes somebody just needs to find their genre, which is to say they need to find a genre, and this definitely looks like it's that, you know, a very specific type of paranoid thriller. Um, and I don't know. Of course, you can't judge something based on the trailer, but at the very least, visually, it looks. I thought it looked very distinct. Okay. Um, do you guys like Get On Up? I forget. I, I didn't, didn't see it. I also did not see it. Oh, I, I saw it twice. I guess I should have seen it one more time and there you go. Have us all covered. <laughs> oh, the cinematographer on the uh, Girl on the Train is the woman who shot uh, Far From the Madden Crowd, which was gorgeous looking. Oh, what's so, her name? Uh, Charlotte Bruce Christensen. All right. Uh, yeah, that was the that uh, I would say. Uh, things like about Far From Then and Crowd, uh, number one, costumes, number two, cinematography. Rock on. Um, but I didn't love the movie overall, actually. Okay. Um, do we have any thoughts on middle school, the worst years of my life? Oh, it looks kind of, I saw the trailer for it. It looked pretty funny. I'm not going to go see it because it's not for me, but it seems like, you know, your middle schoolers could do a lot worse. And Andy Daly Andy Daly's the in it. principal. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's there a plus go. for me. Yeah. And he's right there. I, I happened to notice him on the poster. I was like, oh, Andy Daly being prominently featured on a poster. I'm, I like the idea of him getting more screen time in anything because he's a great actor and a really great comedic presence. And especially as a as a villain or as a as a yeah. mm-hmm. antagonist, I like the idea of that. Uh, now another um, October seventh, um, uh, another horror movie this fall, and another Sundance movie, and also a Sundance Next Fest movie is uh, Under the Shadow, the uh, Ar- Iranian horror movie, um, which. AV Club kind of jokingly describes as the Iranian Babadook that it is kind of that uh, expect to hear that. I feel like that. Yeah, I feel like that was the word immediately out Um, of Sundance. But I mean, uh, on the one hand, fine, that'll, you know, maybe get people interested, but it, it, it is its own movie and, uh, it is a very good both as a horror movie, um, and as a look at, um, what it's like to be a, what it was like to be a secular woman in the immediate aftermath of the, uh, Late seventies uh, revolution in uh, in Iran, mm-hmm. and it'll be on Netflix. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I also uh, wanted to mention. Speaking of documentaries, and I don't think this is a tiny thing; it's getting a tiny release. But a documentary I saw like two or three years ago at um, um, at LA Film Fest called "Oriented" uh, about um, Israeli gay men hmm. um, is 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 coming out. Uh, Oriented, okay. Being 17, do we know what that is? No idea. Okay. Um, uh, also, I should just mention it because I've seen it, but uh, I'm not stoked about it. Uh, the Greasy Strangler. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, certain, yeah, your obnoxious friends will love it. It's better to see it. <laughs> um, but uh, there's there's better stuff out there. It's better ways to spend your time. <laughs> um, uh, all right, on to, uh, do you have anything else for October 7th? Nope. Can we move on to October 12th, which by my math is not seven days later. I know, I was, I was, I was confused. It's a, it's a Wednesday release. I guess they got to cram them where they, wherever they can fit them during the, the glut of the fall. Um, a documentary that I am interested in and scared to watch, uh, it's called Tower. Um, and it's about uh, the Charles Whitman um, University of Texas uh, oh, yeah. shooting, um, the sort of 
one of the earliest notorious mass shootings, uh, at least in modern history. Um, and it's a largely animated, uh, documentary from what I understand. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm scared of the subject matter. I'm scared. It's going to like very much upset me, but yeah. I'm also, uh, very interested, uh, to see how it plays out. Um, and, uh, I hope, I hope that eventually has... there's a screening that's not during my work day. <laughs> I hope that there's, I hope that it brings more to it than simply, Hey, you remember this bad thing? Let's all remember it. And then there are other, and it's more relevant to us now, except we're not really going to shine any new light on this, but look, it's animated. Like, I hope it's not, there's a way like, there's a way that this time of year, like when I think of movies that are exploitative, I tend to think of summer movies and the way they, and their attitudes towards violence. But like, there's a way that the, the movies this time of year can be emotionally exploitative that tends to bother me. And something like this could be wonderful, but I could also see it being like someone feeling like, well, Hey, what with all the mass shootings, like this could be, this could be important or could be seen as important. And that's good enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that might just be my cynicism. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I know it played South by Southwest, and I feel like the response was good, but I don't think I know anyone personally who yeah. who saw it there. Um, all right, moving on to the Friday. Now we're back on the seventh okay. day oh, uh, schedule. I was all confused. Uh, October fourteenth, uh, the accountant. It looks which, like it could be good. Yeah, Ben Affleck looks miscast, but you never know. Okay, um, but it's. Uh, uh, Gavin O'Connor uh, directed it. Uh, whom I don't tend to um, like his movies very much. He did. Yeah. He did Warrior, right? Uh, yeah, um, I did, did like Warrior. Actually, I did too. Um, I, I loved the uh, MMA scenes in Warrior, okay. <laughs> and I didn't like any of the actual like story around it. Hmm. Even like Nick, Nolte, Nick, Nol- Nick Nolte was uh, good. I'm sure he was good, but you know, uh, Gavin O'Connor didn't do him any favors, I guess, and hmm. sort of throwing together a kind of uh, sloppy by the numbers thing that felt like filler between uh mma matches and i kind of felt the same way about miracle which he did he did miracle as well right yeah i liked miracle i thought the the hockey stuff is great most of the other stuff uh feels uninspired it, it i just feel like when he makes these sports movies he's just like biding his time in between the sports <laughs> scene well, what you're saying good at. what you're saying is that the counting in this movie is going to be thrilling <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah exactly <laughs> but all the parts where he's like assassinating people uh, just a bore uh all right um maybe the fall release uh that i've seen already that i'm most excited about or at least tied um with manchester by the sea is certain women um which i this one i know scott saw because we saw it together um, it's the new Kelly Reichardt movie. It's a, uh, it's a triptych. Expect me to use the word triptych, uh, a lot. I already uh, used it twice. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's about, uh, three different, uh, women. Uh, they're all short stories. They all take place, um, around the same area. And I can't remember, is it Montana? I think I want to say it's Montana. Yeah, it feels right. Um, so it's, um, yeah, the, this thing doesn't say, um, but, um, so the, each story uh, features different women. L- Laura Dern is the star of the first one, and that mm-hmm. one also has Jared Harris in it. Um, uh, Michelle Williams is the star of the second, of the second one, which also has James Legros, and I want to say Renee Abergenois is the uh, 
older man in that. I like um, all these. I like all these actors. And the the third one, I feel like the impression is, oh, the third one is the Kristen Stewart one. But Kristen Stewart is actually, I would say, the supporting character, even though For she's sure. terrific. Yeah. Um, but uh, Lily Gladstone, um, a Native American actress, um, fantastic, is the star of the third one, and that is they're all great. That's that yeah. one's the home run. There are some people who say that that one is so good that the rest of the movie kind of washes away but i think the rest of the movie holds it pretty well and i've thought about the movie way more than i was expecting to after we first saw it um which i liked it when we first saw it but i was kind of not completely sold on it but it's really stuck with me i I tend to think about it a lot and i'll tell you why because i keep an ongoing list of um i keep two lists all All the movies uh, here's all the 2016 releases i've seen one is in the order i've seen them and the other is a list that i you know uh futz with over the year of ranking all the movies ah. from favorite to least favorite and so every time i open that document certain women is pretty close to the top <laughs> so i tend to think of that movie uh a lot um i'm very excited for people to see it tyler any thoughts kelly reichardt you like kelly reichardt i do who doesn't um and it sounds like a great cast and uh at least they at least they put the the strongest one at the end yeah but not one of them is is weak right. i think I heard the, a complaint that I heard even from some people who liked it at Sundance was that it is slow. I disagree. Um, I mean, but you can see where they're coming from. That's, that. I was going to say the second one with Michelle Williams. I can definitely, if, if anyone is going to be accused of being slow, that one, that's the one I'm most is. eager to revisit. Cause it's very odd, but not in any like overt way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean the, the first one, like the, the third one is kind of like, a the, you know, a it's a relationship of almost romance type yeah. of thing. The first one has a gun in it. The second one is the one that's like, I they're, guess it's about, it's about these rocks. Yeah. They're, they're having some rocks from a pit basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it is good. It's very, they're all, all three of them are very good. Um, the movie I'm scared to see is, uh, Christine where Rebecca Hall plays Christine Chubbuck. Oh yeah. After um, seeing Kate plays Christine, seeing Christine seems ridiculous, but I'll get past it and try to go see it. Um, oh, so you did see Kate, yeah. Christine. Okay. And you liked that one? Yeah, I didn't. I, I think it kind of cheats the end a little bit. Where okay. I, I've heard a lot of people think the end is extraordinary, but I, I don't really see that much. But it, that is also trickling out. That just came out in New York like last weekend. It's kind of trickling okay. out in the coming weeks. So both of these, uh, Christine Chubbuck is a real life woman who um, committed suicide live. She was an anchor woman, I think. Yeah. Committed suicide live on television. Um and there are two movies about her. One is the half documentary, I guess, where Caitlin Scheel uh, is preparing to play Christine Chubbuck. Right, for a role that doesn't exist. But they yeah. treat it, her process as completely as if she was going to play the role. And it's really fantastic. And mm-hmm. then Christine is the one that actually is a movie about her in which Rebecca, Rebecca, Rebecca Hall uh, plays her. And I, I don't know. I don't know how much of a stomach I have for two movies about this very upsetting subject yeah. matter. Well, definitely see Kate plays Christine. Uh, the main reason I'm not as enthused about Christine is that it's directed by Antonio Campos, uh, who's, uh, Oh, what the hell? Simon killer was a real drag a couple of years ago. I didn't see that. Uh, also on October 14th, I have Aquarius down, uh, which okay. is a new movie by the guy who made neighboring sounders. I never saw, but I heard it was fantastic. And I'm hearing good things about Aquarius as well. It's causing a good deal of unrest in Brazil too which is Ooh. always exciting. That's always, always a good sign. Um, speaking of movies I didn't see, I didn't see Desierto at uh, LA Film Fest. I just saw a trailer for that uh, the other day and uh, realized that uh, 
Scott and I have a, a, a Scott and I uh, Scott and I, but only, and not me, uh, just just Scott. He was telling me this the other day. But Scott and I have a uh, mutual acquaintance named uh, Luis. Yes, who was in a movie years ago called Mano a Mano. That is. Desierto, like it is that a hundred percent. And uh, but uh, lower budget. I'm not accusing anybody of uh, thievery, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it's the first place my mind went. Hey, you- Jeffrey Dean Morgan's in it, right? Yeah, I think yes, so. I'm sorry, I like I do like him a lot. Um, and it's directed by Alfonso Cuarón's son. I think. Yeah. All right. Um, what does everybody think about that? I mean, he, uh, he co-wrote Gravity, as far as I'm concerned. Is yeah. the script the strongest part of that movie? <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Good point. Um, all right. Um, no, uh, a few weeks ago on the podcast, I talked about how the more I like a movie, the less excited I am for its sequel. Yeah. And so that brings us to Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Um, Jack well, especially because it's a different director. Yeah, it's Edward Zwick. And a much people. less interesting director. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> Yeah, I am not. I don't hate Edward Zwick, but I don't like him that much either. Yeah, well, I think because I, I, I think I, I think I actually maybe like Edward Zwick more than you do, um, Tyler. But I feel like what um, what part of what made Jack Reacher so good to me was the uh, postmodernist touches mm-hmm. that uh, Christian McQuarrie brought to both the screenplay and the direction, and I feel like. Edward Zwick has no time for that sort of thing. Edward Zwick is <laughs> yeah. very much like upfront. What you see is what you get. It, yeah. You know, um, very very earnest. And yeah. um, I don't know how that's going to uh, maybe they could the uh, that I know. Maybe for the third one, they can bring in Norman Jewison or something like that. And there's no uh, Werner Herzog this time. It yeah, does have Kobe right. Smolters in it though. Uh, that's a, that's, that's a plus good. to me. Yeah. Um, but of course, there's no Werner Herzog. He got shot in the face. I'm there just saying there's not even like a <laughs> Werner Herzog type, you know. Is there a Robert Duvall in it? Uh, no. Yeah. Not that I see. Maybe uh, there's a post credit scene with him. Now, an argu- that would be fun. An argument could be made that, that yes, Christopher McQuarrie directed the first Jack Reacher, but that maybe Tom Cruise is just running the whole show, and this next one, regardless of who the director is, um, and it's somebody that has worked with Cruz before. So mm-hmm. clearly Cruz just brings in his, the directors he likes to realize the movies that he's in. But I never get the feeling that Cruz is like reining in or refocusing any of the directors he works with. I feel like all his movies still have a very distinctive touch to them that is, I mean, you can see a certain Cruz personality, but not really in the direction, I don't think. But I, it's, I think it's more in the, in the element of like, he has conceived of this concept from a producing standpoint and as a vehicle for himself. And so he find and so he probably has an idea of what it's supposed to be. And then he will bring in a director that he has worked with before to realize that, um, and then put their own personal touches on it. Certainly as I think Macquarie ob- uh, obviously does. Um, and maybe, and I guess we can't expect much of that from Edwards wick, but I feel like there'll be a baseline of quality and entertainment yeah, that I've come true. to expect from anything Tom Cruise is associated mm. with. All right. Um, let's move on to a movie that I am nervous about. Um, uh, that seems to be the prevailing uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, feeling on my, on my part is just, I, I don't know about this. David, movie. you're shaking right now. Um, but this looking. is not nervous in the sense that um, it's going to upset me like Christine or tower or uh, anything like that. Um, I'm afraid this is going to be terrible. Um, it's Ewan McGregor's directorial debut. Yeah. American pastoral. 
um, which is a um, based on that. And this trailer I did see, not because I I don't generally watch uh, trailers, but it uh, I um, can't when I go to a movie I can't help uh, but see the trailers unless I was going to be like obnoxious and like be like Tom Hanks and the Burbs and like <laughs> I'm not going to listen to this anyway. Um, Anyway, uh, this is a movie that looks like it is um, art directed to within an inch of its life, um, which I think sometimes happens when directors step or actors step behind the camera to kind is of. Is he like, also acting in it? Uh, yes. Oh yeah, of yes. course. Um, David, you know my thoughts on this. <laughs> yeah, and it is um, based on a Philip Roth novel, which makes uh, this the year of directorial debuts based on <laughs> Philip Roth novels with Indignation, um, which is decent. Uh, some people love Indignation. Uh, it's decent. It's okay. Um, but also I think overly directed. Um, and so, and not that I'm, I, I can't say that is the case of American pastoral. It's just the impression I get from the trailer, but trailers are lies. So, uh, can't take that, um, at, at face value. But, uh, I am, I am nervous that this might be terrible. Uh, Ewan McGregor and, um, Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly's in it. Dakota Fanning. And, yeah. So they, it takes place in the 1960s and they play a, uh, you know, straight-laced suburban couple or whatever, and then their daughter, Dakota Fanning, becomes a, a revolutionary, uh, right? Uh, I guess. Uh, I didn't uh, see the trailer. No. You saw the trailer? Thank you. <laughs> everything about this just reeks of everything I hate about an, an actor's directorial debut. <laughs> and I might be wrong, and, and I hope I am, because I like Ewan McGregor, and maybe uh, he has a bright future ahead of him. I'm going to guess one and done. Uh, well, you know what you can go see that weekend instead? What's that? Boo! A Medea Halloween. Oh. I got really excited there for a second. excited for a second. Or you can see Rob Zombie's 31, which is actually out in limited release this weekend. Yeah, and is oh, really? uh, um, one of the producers is friend of the show, Eric 13. Yeah, that's hmm. true. Um, I don't know much about it. Or keeping the... Um, horror thing going and uh also keeping with trailers that i have seen there's a ouija origin of evil the prequel to the ouija movie that everyone has not stopped talking about for the last two years you know i have three (laughs) movies that look really good on this list for the 21st i keep expecting you to get to them and you keep railing off this shit yeah well i gotta ouija look that's a it's an effective trailer i think the movie's gonna be crap but it's an effective trailer all right well let's go with um all right, we'll go on to the one that uh, you want to talk about. Well, there's three. I'll start with In a Valley of Violence, which is the new Ty West, which stars uh, Ethan yeah. Hawke. Yeah. I don't really know anything about it, but that's a good title. It's got Ty West. Yeah, um, I like that. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I can tell you there will be a review on the website. Yeah, all right. Very uh, excited. Not by me, but by someone else who uh, didn't think it was that great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not, Ethan, not Ethan either. Uh, more exciting, possibly, Moonlight, the new Barry Jenkins movie. He made Medicine for Melancholy, which I never saw, but heard was amazing. Mm-hmm. And this is like kind of a... Medicine for Melancholy is the Wyatt Cenac, um San Francisco... Uh, Could be. Mumblecore. Yeah, that's... <laughs> no, I don't use the word mumblecore. I use it tongue-in-cheek. No, you mean friend of the show, Wyatt Cenac, right? Uh, friend of, of the course. show, Wyatt Cenac, yeah. I saw Mel- Medicine for Melancholy. It's good. The um, synopsis I copy and pasted here of Moonlight also uses the word triptych. Um, oh. Because it... Uh, Follows uh, these Miami kids, I think, over like three different periods of their life as they're dealing with uh, the drug trade in Miami and some burgeoning sexuality. Mm. All right. Yeah, I'm on board. This sounds good. I didn't know much about this one. It's premiering, I think, this weekend at Telluride. Okay. And what's the third one? Uh, a little movie called The Handmaiden that... Uh, I've heard of it. Yeah. A couple of us at the table have heard very strong things about. <laughs> yeah. A couple of us can feel very confident speculating 
that, that it, it, that it could be, be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, am I one of them? Uh, <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Because uh, I am yeah. speculating that it could be amazing. <laughs> so I guess all three of us, as long as we're just all speculating. Just regular old sure. speculation. But this is uh, the new movie from Park Chan-wook, who made um, you know, old, old Boy, Boy and Mr. Vengeance and Stoker. Thirst and Stoker. Uh, yeah, Stoker was his last one. He's returned to Korea, although he's adapting an English novel. Um, and, and changing the setting... From Victorian England to nineteen uh, twenties or thirties, I think twenties. Uh, Korea, it's Japan occupied yeah. Korea, which is what's in, what's important. Um, and it is a crime romance. Uh, it's, it, it's a con man movie. Um, from, again, this is all from what I understand. Right, right. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a con man movie and a romance and a lot of other things, yeah. perhaps. Uh, yeah. And it's perhaps very exciting to watch. Yeah. You were down at the barber shop the other day, and people yeah. were talking about the talk about handmaiden, like you do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and then, what is Keeping Up with the Joneses? Another Zach Galifianakis movie. Uh, this one from uh, director Greg Matola, who has a, a a good track record. Yeah. Bad and Adventureland. I did see a trailer for this, and it, it, it looked it looked interesting. Yeah, I mean, it looked more like Greg Matola's last movie, which was not that interesting. Which one was that? Paul. Uh, oh, yeah. Hi. Yeah, right? I forgot about that one. Yeah, that was... You chose well to forget about it. This does, I mean... It looks more like that, yeah. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of talented people involved. For sure. Um, That was true of Paul as well. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) but And and the premise here is like, oh, we're a nice suburban couple and there's this other nice suburban couple. Uh, Oh, but it turns out that they're up to something. Um, But it it did make me laugh, whereas Paul, uh, none of the stuff for Paul made me laugh. Um, but this makes me chuckle. But this, as the neighbors, includes John Hamm, yeah. who I feel like still hasn't found his groove comedically. I feel like he should be playing his comedic roles just as straight as he plays John Draper, and it would be so funny. <laughs> but he keeps playing them as like kind of wacky. Hmm. I remember liking him in uh, in Thirty Rock, uh, specifically. And I guess he's playing them wacky, but he's playing them sincere. I think in that uh, one, they took it to such a wacky place by the time he got hooks for hands. Right. <laughs> that it was kind of, it kind of matched his yeah. energy. And just, and the, when he, yeah. And when he's describing what happened, he goes, well, he goes, he goes, then my brother and I got some fireworks. And he's like a grown man talking about he and his brother getting fireworks and yeah. blowing his hands off. Um, yeah, no, I could, I could, uh, I could see that. And hopefully the nature of, the idea of his character in this movie is that he is like this perfect guy who's right. always got things worked out. So hopefully he plays it. He's able to play it more straight and let Galifianakis be like the goofy one. But all right. Uh, I think we can burn through. Oh wait. Uh, also on October 21st, uh, it's not on this list, but um, the documentary fire at sea, um, which is uh, an Italian documentary that uh, won the golden bear uh, is that what it's called? Uh, That's a, an award. Yes. I don't know if it's the award you're thinking of. I think it, it won that <laughs> it's one. It's the one. It, it's um, what they call the best supporting actress award uh, <laughs> at the Oscars, right? The Golden Bear. <laughs> um, anyway, I saw it last night. It's really good. It's a, a documentary about a um, small island um, near Sicily that um, tends to be in the path of a lot of these um, ships of. Uh, African refugees who are trying to get into um, into Europe, uh, and so um, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of rescuing of um, uh, dying and sinking immigrant ships is done by the people who live on this uh, uh, on this island, um, and so it sort of 
goes back and forth between like the efforts of the people who work as as rescuers um and then just sort of examining a multi-generational uh small family fishing family that uh also lives uh and works on on the island and it sort of goes back and forth between between those things it's really really good hmm. um that's fire at sea um I feel like October 28th has some stuff we can burn through because um, uh, literally with Inferno. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't – like the second one made sense because the first one was a success. But then they get to this third one. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems very perfunctory to just even make it yeah. and release it. It's also been like seven years or something. I don't know. When was the last one? Oh man! Six years ago, probably at least six years ago. Yeah, because the first one was ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah, keep it, pairing with the younger and younger women. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, who is it in this one? Uh, it's uh, Felicity Jones, I think. Okay. Um, rings. I, I I can't say that I am that interested. Uh, oh, there's so many wells. <laughs> are they still using VHS? Uh, no, no. It's okay. Uh, good. YouTube videos or whatever right uh, i saw the trailer um and uh yeah i guess the idea is that like alien to aliens now that yeah. that things uh can pass through the internet uh this is way more pervasive there's a there's a scene in the trailer in which uh the video suddenly shows up uh on an airplane on the back of every seat like mm. everyone is watching it but uh i don't know i never saw there was a ring too right yes yeah i never saw it because at the end of the first one, they like, then they stopped the curse when they got into the well and they <laughs> Look, pulled the thing up. do you ever really stop a curse? All right. I mean, come on. See, what I want to know is, you know, in Rings versus Predators, who wins? <laughs> uh, have you guys heard of this movie, The Love Witch, that comes out on the 28th? Uh, no. It is uh, kind of uh, inspired by Technicolor thrillers of the 60s. It's about a beautiful young witch who, uh, what is it they call it? Uh, seduces a series of men for her gain and it's supposed to be a blast okay that, that sounds, sounds fun yeah uh gimme danger is a documentary about iggy pop so that's interesting um the eagle huntress is a documentary that, right uh I, I saw a few weeks ago uh it's a big crowd pleaser i mean it's like uh um it's about this um uh, mongolian there's a mongolian tribe in which they um the men hunt you know they're a hunting tribe and the way they hunt is not with you know spears or bows and arrows or whatever but by training eagle they capture and train eagles to go uh when they see a whatever an animal they want to kill they send the eagle after it (laughs) it's the humane way of doing it yeah this one guy's daughter wants to be an eagle huntress and so it's him uh it's a real it's a documentary he training his daughter to be an eagle huntress which is uh touching but also is uh controversial to some of the more uh conservative members of the tribe who say this is what men men do um, so it's essentially a documentary version of like whale rider. Mm-hmm. Um, I like whale rider and I didn't hate this. It just, it's, it's sort of, um, uh, I mean, it's, it feels, it feels weird to say a documentary is predictable, but, uh, it's, um, not really going to go any place. <laughs> you didn't see it going. <laughs> no. Uh, the doc, the narration is by Daisy Ridley. Um, yeah. oh. uh, I like her. Um, moving on to November. I know we're all very excited for Dr. Strange. I'm very annoyed at Marvel because I obviously hate their movies, but they keep making these trailers that make them look like good movies. And so I want to see Doctor Strange, even though I know I don't want to see Doctor Strange. And that is upsetting. We've learned, as I said, trailers are lies. I know. But, you know, I've come this far with Marvel. I've seen every one of their goddamn movies. (laughs) So what what am I going to do? 
I shouldn't say well. I feel like most movie fans, I yeah. feel like, have seen most of the movies. Well, I'm getting to uh, the... I'm have you getting, seen all of the Marvel movies as well? Yes. Um, and Scott and I were... <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Damn it, David. It's getting to the point now where I don't even need you to say it. Uh, but no, uh, so I believe we were... Were we in the same uh, screening of Civil War? Yes. Okay. And, you know, we were talking afterwards, and I'm definitely getting to the place. I mean, I guess I've been at the place where it's like, yeah, these are all very homo- homogenized and stuff like that, and it's it'd be nice to see a director really do something with these. And I feel like the last ver- the last time I saw that was probably Iron Man 3, where you do get a fair amount of Shane Black in there. Um, and then I think you get a lot of Joss Whedon in the Avengers films. And so it's, that's nice, but you're only ever going to get so much of them. And I, I liked Ant-Man. Yeah. I actually liked both their 2015 movies. I liked Ant-Man. I liked the second Avengers movie. I did not care for Ant-Man that much. Yeah. No. Um, and there's some fun in there, obviously, but, and that's the thing is I was excited at the notion of Scott Derrickson, that bringing in a horror guy to make this fantasy, like the most fantastical and mystical of their films so I was like all right this has the potential to be different but i often stop myself at this point before i finish that mental sentence um because it's like it's like well it could be different it's only gonna it's only ever gonna be so different yeah it will be different in some ways but i'd say the key thing is that it's not gonna feel different it might it might engage in different iconography but it's not going to feel different. Even the even that trailer that you seem to love so much <laughs> even has that little thing, that little tag at the end about the Wi-Fi password. That's Marvel assert, yeah, inserting itself. And I'm sure that all the actors are going to do a great job. I'm sure there's going to be some good stuff in there. I'm sure I will enjoy it. But I feel like it's getting to the point where I w- where I enjoy these only to a point. Do you um, think um, Marvel movies might be better served by? more journeyman directors then i don't, I don't it think changed. so I, honestly no. because like the russos are as close you get to that and theirs are like the worst to me i well i, I mentioned it because one of the apparently rumored uh people for the um captain marvel movie is uh nikki caro who directed the aforementioned whale rider and also directed uh mcfarland usa uh, right. last year which i thought was uh quite good and that that excites me, the idea of um, uh, someone who's good at solid, crowd-pleasing uh, movies yeah. making one of these maybe would be able to – would be more in in their element. I, I think people like the first Captain America movie, and Joe Johnson's kind of kind of like that. I think right? he has yeah. kind of a distinct touch. I think okay. the closest of what you're talking about has been Peyton Reed, um, where that's really worked really well. Um, and then who the hell directed the second Thor movie? Alan Taylor. Alan Taylor. Yeah. That's a real journeyman and that's yeah. a real, okay. Nothing of a movie. Yeah. I don't think of Peyton Reed as that much of a journeyman. I think he okay. works well with studios, but I think, uh, he has, um, I think his sense of humor is his own and comes through, uh, in, in his movies from bring it on to, uh, down with love to Ant-Man to, to couples retreat. I didn't see I didn't couples see, retreat. No, I didn't either. <laughs> Yeah, it's, but that's the thing. I'm I'm going to see all of these partially just because of the show, and I want to lend my voice to that conversation, especially as my not necessarily my views, but my, my general. Bullet. What was that? <laughs> I said I'm glad you take that bullet. You're the guy who talks about the 
tent poles and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, and sometimes they're enjoyable. Like I really thought I was going to enjoy civil war and admittedly a lot of people do. Um, and there are things I like about it, but for what it's supposed to be. And, and this gets into what I was saying in that like civil war should have felt different. We are watching heroes want to hurt each other and actually hurt each other. And they are theoretically, they theoretically, theoretically should have like philosophical differences about something. It should feel different and it doesn't. And that's the problem with what Marvel is doing right now is I feel like they, they're at a point where they need to take a couple more risks. Uh, one per movie actually would be nice. And I feel like they're, they're, they're not doing that. As long as people keep looking at Guardians of the Galaxy as a risk, then no, they're not going to be taking actual risks. <laughs> I, was, I was on a, a podcast called uh, Geek Orthodox, which is another, it's a show not right. unlike More Than One Lesson. And we were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. And thankfully the hosts there seemed to kind of be on board that like, yeah, this movie's really not as amazing as people seem to think it's not as refreshing as people seem to think it is like for me and this goes back to kind of the the director thing for me it's more of a shame that for for everybody else it's hey look this is a little bit different than the other marvel films that's fun for me it's hey look this is a lot more bland than other james gunn films that (laughs) sucks yeah and it's just and there's some good stuff in there too but Anytime they have a chance to go full on James Gunn weird, like everything Benicio del Toro, and that winds up being like five minutes yeah, long, at, at, if that. Um, but we should move on. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know what might be a risk? What's that? Uh, giving controversial uh, lightning rod Mel Gibson a bunch <laughs> of money to make a movie, <laughs> um, and uh, and they, which they, because of, of a course, financial it, risk, you it, mean? It leads to me feeling guilty about being excited for it. It looks good too. I it tend looks to, really good. Uh, I obviously deplore uh all of the uh things about his private life that have come out over the past 10 years by the way the yeah. Malibu thing was 10 years ago now yeah um but i tend to like his movies as a director to different yeah. different degrees i don't think braveheart uh holds up as um uh, that well I, I watched I like, it again I like me without a face yeah and of course i love apocalypto yeah uh braveheart i'll say this it's a movie that as I was thinking back, when I would think back on it, I'm like, ah, it's not that good. And in certain areas, it's not that good. But in the areas that it's trying, that it, that it, it's trying to be what it is, mm-hmm. it's very good. In the same way that Apocalypto is very good. And in the same way that Hacksaw Ridge is probably going to be very good. Yeah, and it's an interesting story, Tyler. It's you a, want to tell us about it? Yeah, it's, it's this uh, medic in World War II, I believe. He's not even technically a medic. That's what makes it okay. be really interesting. Yeah, it's a guy in World War II, and I'll say this. This is going to sound strange. It's the good war. It's not (laughs) Vietnam where everybody had an objection. This was, we are fighting evil. And so, but this is a guy who is a Christian, and he believes that he cannot hold a weapon, and he doesn't want to do that. And so, but he's still in the army, and so he goes onto the battlefield with no gun. and, And that in itself is interesting, but... Also is this element because we are taught, and this is where World War II plays into it, I think, band of brothers. I've got your back, Mm -hmm. but this is a guy who's actually choosing not to have your back, at least not in the way that everybody assumes is the way to do it. And so he actually gets like hazed by his own people and 
it just sounds like such an interesting story. And then casting Andrew Garfield, who is a frail little flower, um, <laughs> I think uh, that sounds shitty. But like he's a skinny guy. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't cast Vin Diesel, right? You know, um, I feel and like he is going on the battlefield with the purpose of saving you know wounded men. Yes, uh, we should say, um, but not like we said as a medic, just doing what he can. Yeah, and it's just a it's it's a really interesting story, David. Uh, on our movie journal, we talked about like. If you're going to make a World War II movie, I feel like you need to do something different. And this is different. This is a guy who specifically did heroic things by not killing anybody. And that sounds kind of fun. Yeah. Well, not fun. It sounds right. horrifying in many ways, but <laughs> it sounds defi- yeah, definitely I'm really inspiring. Excited for it. Yeah. Um, do you wonder, um, Tyler, you and I had this conversation off mic uh, recently. Andrew Garfield has um, been uh, outspoken on socially progressive views, you know, and turning, talking about, uh, you know, how Spider-Man doesn't have to be white, straight male and right. anything like that, you know, um, which, you know, uh, I guess would speak to a certain, uh, liberal set of views on his sure. point. Do you think he had any second thoughts about like signing on to do a movie with Mel Gibson? Do, yeah. I wonder what the actor's process, like, thought process is with that here's the way i look at it if people don't have second thoughts working with roman polanski they might they might might, but it doesn't stop it well you know if the child actors certainly but um sorry that's terrible uh but yeah like i have no idea what if he if he had qualms i wouldn't hold it against him if he didn't have qualms i wouldn't hold it against him because maybe he thought this is a good story and i owe it to this character more so than I owe it to this man. Oh, that's um, it could be that. All right. Uh, also out November 4th is Trolls. Um, <laughs> then out November 4th is Loving, which I'm very, uh, very excited about. Which I, one I, is that? Uh, that's the Jeff Nichols movie. The newer right. Jeff Nichols yes. movie. Um, the, uh, what's, the, what's the other Well, one? Midnight Special came out in March or whatever. Oh, that was Which I still haven't yeah. seen. Um, yeah, neither have I. Um, it's okay. But it's where Joel Edgerton and Ruth Nega play the real life, um, a real life uh, interracial couple in the, is it late 50s, I think? Um, or early this, 60s, I can't remember. Okay. Um, uh, oh, no, went before the Supreme Court in 1967. All right. Um, and um, their case led to interracial marriage being made uh, legal nationwide. Oh, wow. Doesn't sound like your standard Jeff Nichols. I know. Yeah, It'll be interesting to see his approach uh, brought to a story like that. I. I kind of hope it'll be like Moneyball where you get kind of these clashes of purposes kind of working yeah. towards a really productive end. You know what I don't want to see? <laughs> I don't want to see a brick through a window. I really <laughs> like, I'm no, sure I, I hear you. I, I recognize that. And this, I, this speaks to, of course, this is a tremendously important story just as world war two is a remarkably important and in many ways, horrifying uh, event in world history. But at this point, I think I'm just getting old and cynical. And I'm just like, look, I recognize that there are certain tropes you need to, there are certain image, there's imagery you need to engage in it whenever you tell a certain type of story, but you also don't have to. And everything about this story, and I, but I have enough faith in Jeff Nichols that he won't do it. Everything about this story says brick through a window at yeah. some point. No, I think it's part of it is that um, we we kind of don't need the reminder yeah. anymore, uh, of that sort of thing anymore. I remember the second time I watched Bridge of Spies, when it got to the part where they shoot through the window, I was like, yeah. oh, right. At least they <laughs> shot, though. That's yeah. a little bit more uh, yeah. forceful. 
Um, all right. Um, moving on to Bleed for This, which is the Miles Teller boxing movie. It sounds like a bad avenue for all of Miles Teller's worst impulses. Yeah, that's a good, a good point. Yes. And I love boxing movies, but um, uh, yeah. Do you like the setup? Yeah. That's a great, great. great one. I, I don't know that I feel very strongly in either direction about bo- boxing movies. I think it's very cinematic. It's yeah, that's like, the thing. It's the perfect yeah. sport. Two yeah. guys enter, one man leaves. But what are the great... Uh, they're not okay. killing anybody. You're thinking of Thunderdome. You know. There's, okay. uh, uh, there's Raging Bull. Yeah. The setup. What else? Um, oh, I didn't man. like Southpaw very much. Last uh, I didn't see that one. Uh, I liked Biggstown I mean, when I was a kid. There's always the Rocky, time. if you like. Oh yeah, Rocky's great. Rocky has How am I moments. missing? No, Rocky doesn't. No, Rocky I love I love Rocky. Yeah, and I liked Creed. I yeah, I liked Creed. And too. I like um, I like the fighter. Yeah, uh, yeah I liked that too. And oh. there, there, there are other ones. I know. I, I oh I, Ali. Oh, um, I never saw Ali. I need to see that. Great movie though. I think Ali's pretty. I don't love it. It's certainly not my favorite Michael Mann, but I I do like it, and I and I like the boxing sequences. But th- because that's a biopic, it's definitely focusing more on like his personal life and his political views. But r- like Raging Bull is a hundred percent like who he is is a be- like who Jake LaMotta is is who he is in the ring. You don't we'd rather not see who he is outside of the ring. Same with Rocky. Um, yeah, I, I I would say yes, I do like, and obviously Grudge Match. Oh, obviously, obviously. Um, no, I can't think of any others offhand, but it's a great, it's a great genre. What's the prison boxing movie? Undisputed is that what it's called? Is that right? I think that's right. Um, there's one called Requiem for a Heavyweight. Did you see that one? Okay. No, I don't think so. That's a good one. Uh, what's there's the Jimmy Smiths one from like 15 years ago. Uh, I saw it and I can't remember the name. It's I'm like, not like, as up it's on called my like Pride and Glory or something like that. Oh, that kind of it's, like, it's one of those. Yeah, yeah, it's a very forgettable title. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, moving on to a director, um, that I don't like any of his movies. And yet every time he's got one coming out, I'm like, well, I gotta see that. Uh, the movie's called Arrival. We're on to November 11th now uh, for the listeners. Oh yes, we are. Thank you for <laughs> uh, keeping track. Yes, we are on to November 11th. Um, Denis Villeneuve, uh, has directed a new film called Arrivals, which is a, uh, just one I, arrival. Uh, oh, sorry. Yes. Just one. Arrivals will be the, that's the sequel. The sequel. <laughs> yeah. And this is not. I keep thinking this is a remake of The Arrival with Charlie Sheen from 1996. Um, Do you? <laughs> but, I saw that movie. Uh, uh, I did not see that movie. I liked it. Um, but it's a, I guess it's a, is it a science fiction movie? Yeah, there's yeah. some alien show. Oh, yeah, extra, yeah. extra. And it has... Uh, Amy Adams. Amy Adams. I always like her. Uh, the tra- Again, trailers are lies, as we all know. Um, but uh, the trailer for this one looked actually pretty good. And I'm usually... It, contact with aliens is quickly becoming <laughs> World War II or like a civil rights. T- Actually, I'm not tired of civil rights movies, just certain aspects of them. But um, it's like, yeah, all right, we're making contact. I got it. But this, it looks like it's coming at it from a from a different standpoint that I'm excited about. And yeah, uh, Dennis, Denis Villeneuve um, is, there's, I didn't love Enemy. Um, that's the one I love to pieces. Well, you're a jerk. All right. And I hate spiders. <laughs> so, uh, spoiler. Yeah. Spiders play a role. There's a spider in the first scene. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> it's, there are spiders in a lot of other scenes as well. Um, there, Aren't there, you, like, there are elements to enemy that I can't ignore. Maybe certainly. this just speaks to me. Cause I've talked about this before about like enjoying being scared by movies, but there are certain things that I'm, terrified of but i like 
seeing them in movies and yeah. seeing them be scary. Spider's not really scared of, but to keep it in the Denis Villeneuve uh, ballpark, um, how about that part in Prisoners where uh, all the snakes come out of those? Like, yeah. the, it's terrifying, but I love it too. It's that might be my favorite scene in the entire movie is almost all the snakes. Oh, I'll see. I've seen. Do you remember the snakes and prisoners? I remember the snakes. I've seen. <laughs> you were giving a look like, oh, what was that with those snakes? <laughs> no, I was giving you a look because it was definitely the silliest scene. Well, maybe not the silliest scene, but it was up there of silly scenes in that movie. Um, I mean, I don't know. Take your pick. That's, I don't think that's a very. There good were movie almost at all. like too many snakes to really be scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I guess I feel like most of his movies. Uh, I tend to watch them just as like cinematography reels anyway, so I don't care that it's a silly scene. It, no, totally. Uh, I, I, mean, I, cool. I like prisoners as well. well I don't. I, I know. I don't like prisoners. I like, I like pri- looking at it. Yeah, fair enough. I like prisoners. I there are elements to Enemy that intrigue me. I really responded to Sicario, and I don't think any of his movies are perfect. Uh, there are people that like fall head over heels uh, about prisoners and Sicario. Yeah, it's also um, Sicario and. There's all it, there's always something holding me back from just absolutely raving about it. But at the same time, you know, he works with Roger Deakins, uh, and those two go together well. Because Prisoners and Sicario couldn't be more different as far as like color palette, the story being told, and yet somehow they bring out the best in each other. This time he's working with Bradford Young, who shot right. uh, yeah. Selma and Most Violent Year. So I'm pretty excited okay. to see what that yields. Yeah, Most um, Violent Year is a great looking movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. He's, he's a director that actually gets my attention now. All right. Directors that get your attention. Okay. Ang Lee. Damn right. Well, Ang, Ang Lee is a director that I feel like movie to movie, it could be a coin flip for me. Sure. And I can... What's interesting to hear about him is I can never tell beforehand if it's going to be one of those <laughs> movies because I, I did not think I was going to respond to Life, is, Life of Pi as much as I did and ended up being in like my top five movies of the year that year. Yeah. Um, and so Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk does not sound particularly interesting to me. Even with um, all the 120 frames a second? That is um, keeping me, making me even less interested Wait, is that, <laughs> in it. That I didn't know. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> why you probably won't even be able to see it that way so it won't much matter but. yeah i'm not even sure how yeah uh, i saw i only saw the first hobbit in high frame range yeah that was, and that was only 48 uh, uh, mere yeah. 48 frames uh this is 120 frames per second uh, the word of the demos is pretty pretty great i'm very intrigued by it um, i like this kind of technology stuff so i'm i'm very intrigued if i can see it that way i would very much enjoy seeing it that way yeah, I hope I get a chance to to see it that way. Yeah, they stopped screening those Hobbit movies in high frame rate right after no. that first one. Yeah, yeah. And I had heard that with the, the Hobbit movies, that if you saw it in 2D, the high frame rate looked really, really gross. But oh, that if you, But it made the 3D work really well. <laughs> it had some weird moments. It was kind of an awkward I'm format. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, but it's still an Ang Lee movie, so yeah, uh, he'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, he's he's one that I'll you know we'll put taking Woodstock to the side <laughs> and just remember we have to and think back to the Ang Lee of Hulk, obviously. Yeah, and uh, uh, Brokeback Mountain. I feel like that doesn't get its due. Really, I love Brokeback. No, maybe so do I. Maybe it's just me. I think about it all the time, so I've assumed people are just thinking about but it. But I all feel the time. like people have just kind of forgotten how good it is. I feel like people don't talk about it as like one I of the really true. strong movies in the mid 2000s Well, you know, because everyone, what happened is. Crash one. Yeah. And now everyone thinks of Crash as <laughs> the great, the great movie happened. of 2005. <laughs> that's how the Oscars work, as we all know. <laughs> um, man, okay. November 11th is a strong 
uh, yeah, uh, strong weekend for um, directors I'm on the fence about with Ivan <laughs> Ingley. Uh, but here's a director I love. The reactions so far have been divided, which has made me even more excited to see this movie. It's called L, directed by Paul Verhoeven. Can't wait. Stars, stars Isabel Huppert, who's having a hell of a year. Um, what else is going on with her? Uh, well, she was in this movie called Valley of Love that came out earlier this year, which I just caught up with last week. And it was really good. And she's also in, what are you looking at me for? Nothing. Um, and she's I'm, also in Mia Hansen Love's new movie, uh, Things to Come, which is yeah, coming out a couple of weeks after this. Yeah, we'll, um, get to, we'll get to Things to Come. You asked what was going on with her. That's what's <laughs> I, going on with her. I liked that you talked about her like she was like a pro athlete. Oh, okay. And it's like, she's having a hell of a year. This actress that most people haven't heard of in movies, they are not going to Who see. Who hasn't heard of Isabel Huppert? Yeah. Like, I'll say this. People who are listening to this podcast. We've all seen I Heart Huckabees at the very Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, that's true. But uh, there's just something about that phrasing and that level of energy <laughs> being paired with this uh, is not a thing you run across. I love often. Isabel Huppert. She's, <laughs> she's the best. Me too. Did Would you, you say see, she's the shit? We talked she's, about, uh, sure. on the last movie journal... Uh, talked about the uh, Lulu. Have you seen Lulu with uh, uh, her no. and Jared uh, Depardieu? It's a Maurice Piliot film. Right. No, but I want to. Yeah. yeah it's really good. All right. Uh, the Love Witch we already talked about. Um, Almost Christmas is uh, the big sort of ensemble Christmas movie uh, this year. Who's in this one again? This is, let's see, Danny Glover, Monique, Omar Epps, Gabrielle Union, J.B. Smoove, and Romani Malkos. I like, I like literally all, everyone uh, yeah. that's people. That's the problem with these movies is they always get good casts. Yeah. Yeah, that's, well, that's a good cast. <laughs> that really is. It's almost like Christmas, uh, the ensemble Christmas movie is like the, uh, the Marvel film yeah. of, uh, of holidays. Very much indeed so. Where it's just, there's a lot, of th- a lot of good there, and then they just all wind up the same. <laughs> all right. Still on November 11th, uh, Shut In is uh, Naomi Watts. Uh, I guess it's a, is it a thriller, horror thriller? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Well, it looks, it looks pretty good. All right. Um, blah, blah, blah. One sentence description. A widowed child psychologist lives an isolated existence in rural New England. Caught as... Um, that's a two sentences. Caught in deadly winter storm, she must find a way to rescue a young boy before he disappears forever. Literally, AV Club describes it as a one-sentence description and then quotes two sentences. There's a full stop in the middle. This AV Club thing isn't working out, guys. <laughs> Time to shut up. Look, I'm glad, I'm glad I came prepared. I've got my entertainment weekly here. <laughs> Everything's um, one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they do it there in Entertainment Weekly. Moving on to November 18th, unless you have anything else nope. on the 11th. Uh, thank God, because the 11th, wow, that is full That's enough. Slate. I think it's a monster. Yeah. Um, speaking of monsters, or rather Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. That was a great transition. Uh, nice. this, well, thank you. But, uh, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I don't know that we need to call attention to all the great transitions. <laughs> we could just be you know, professional-sounding broadcasters. Uh, Fantastic Beasts... And where to find them? Uh, directed by David Yates. He's back. Uh, yeah, after Legend of Tarzan. He's oh, I th- back, I, you bastard! <laughs> <laughs> Did you mean he's back to the Harry to Potter the Harry Potter verse, uh, the Rolling verse? Um, and that's uh, I don't know very much about this movie, kind of intentionally. Yeah, um, I, I ended up seeing the trailer and was quite into it. Uh, I I don't really like fantasy, but something about fantasy in like the early twentieth century is very appealing because um, you get the intersection of kind of the takeoff of technology with uh, some fantastic elements whereas like 
fantasy like it almost makes too much sense when there's like kings and shit it's like they didn't know what was going on and then the modern era <laughs> when we got like computers and stuff we're like we got this figured out there's no magic but like when you got them both it's a good mix all right there's uh there's an element to the movie that i was like okay it's i'm not that interested but at the same then when i found out that it takes place in the, in the united states from a universe building element i was like that Oh, I like the idea. Not just as a nationalist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just every time I watch a Harry Potter Potter movie, I'm just like, what about me? Uh, But no, um, you know, what is what does I have to say about this? Um, No, it's uh, that in the same way that uh, and I know that I you and actually at this point, I am not a big fan of uh, the fourth film, Um, but it brings in other schools and it brings in other worlds. And so now we have the United States and what does magic look like in the United States? Because I would venture to say by and large, the United States is less whimsical than, uh, England. It's just all commercialized. Yeah. It's just (laughs) great cast though. Eddie Redmayne, Catherine Waterston, Colin Farrell, Samantha Morton, who doesn't get enough work. That's true. John Voight. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) So, Maybe he's playing FDR again, but, uh, and just like, Oh, and magic is lifting me to my feet. Uh, like in Pearl Harbor, it was magic, right? (laughs) So, um, anyway, so it, it looks interesting to me. Um, and the fact that Yates is on board, uh, is, is it definitely enough to get me to see it? Uh, all right. Here's the big one. November 18th, Manchester by the sea, directed by Kenneth Lonergan. Yep. Um, masterpiece. Uh, yeah, I would say it probably is uh, a masterpiece. Um, I didn't see uh, it, but he is a maker of masterpieces. Yeah, so he has a way with that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. What, I mean, I, there's a review uh, that I wrote at the time of Sundance on the website. I haven't gone back and read it. I don't know that I. Uh, I would have written it shortly after I saw the movie, and so I don't know if it uh, represents the full breadth of my reaction to it because I've been thinking about it a lot in the ensuing uh, seven months. Uh, eight months now because it's September. Um, what are your thoughts, uh, Scott, it's, besides Masterpiece? Uh, it's still maybe my favorite movie of the year, this or No Home Movie, and uh, I can't stop thinking about it. And don't watch the trailer. It's terrible. Uh, but uh, just go see the movie. Don't read David's review. Don't read my review. Just go see the movie. Yeah, it's wonderful. That's what I'm planning on. Um, yeah, <laughs> so far, I, haven't read. Perfect. Yeah. I say, yeah, I also say don't watch I don't read anything you guys because, read. Because trailers are lies. But I don't think the trailer is as terrible as Scott thinks it is. It's, it's the worst. Uh, I, 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 think it'll, I think it'll draw people to the movie, and I think that's good. Is what I'm saying is just listen to us. This will draw you to the movie enough. Right. I, you know what? I'm going to go on a limb and say most people who are listening to Battleship Pretension <laughs> were probably going to see Manchester <laughs> well, by the Sea. That may be. Um, yeah. Take your families to see it. You know, take a break from... Uh, I guess, you know, brace them <laughs> for it first. <laughs> take a break from, you know, staring at pictures of uh, Isabelle Huppert and uh, <laughs> go see Manchester by the Sea. But I, I really do think this... I mean, it's... Yeah, it's a masterpiece, but I really do think this movie has the potential to be appreciated beyond the art house cinephile oh, totally. crowd. Um it's a it's a it's classical in a lot of ways. And as we talked about in January, it's super funny. Like it's totally like harrowing and emotionally raw and all that, but it's also hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That's, this uh that's this what Lucas he does. Hedges, yeah. Lucas Hedges guy is uh, uh who plays the the nephew of Casey yeah. Affleck. Uh yeah, he's got a lot of funny funny lines. But yeah, there was um, not this. But when I was reading the um, Entertainment Weekly fall movie preview, 
just reading the blurb about it where like um we had a, a quote from michelle williams on this sort of what some have described as the sort of centerpiece scene in the movie. I don't know if that's the correct description because I feel like the movie has a lot of those yeah. kind of scenes, but there is a major scene with her and just reading her mentioning it. I like suddenly was like wiping my wiping tears from my eyes. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, again. So, um, yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, also November 18th, nocturnal animals, which is, um, uh, it's a, Who's the woman? It's um, Amy Adams. Uh, that's also Amy Adams. Okay, yeah. Uh, Amy Adams, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Laura Linney, Isla Fisher, Michael Shannon um, in uh, Tom Ford's follow-up to A Singleman from uh, 2009. I don't like this Jake Gyllenhaal these days, but uh, I like well, Singleman enough. But you love Enemy. Yeah, I They're think that's the two of them. I, but, but see, this is the one where it worked because his whole thing these days is like, I'm sorry, I'm pretty guys. So I'm going to be really creepy instead. So enemy, you get the pretty Jake Gyllenhaal and also the guy who's trying to be all tough and creepy and stuff. And they work in contrast with one another and it kind of feeds into his whole screen persona. But this whole thing where he's just playing creepy guys, he doesn't play them very well. Just be pretty. He's a good, pretty guy. Huh. I think he's a good, a good creepy guy. I know. Everybody well. likes the creepy guy. I don't like the creepy but guy. But I like did him you, as both. Did, did you, you like s- him in Prisoners? No. <laughs> Did you like him in Everest? I mean, he was pretty fine. It's like, it's a pretty disposable uh, role. He doesn't have to do much. Did you like him as himself on Inside Amy Schumer? I did not see this episode of Inside Amy Schumer. Um, it, was, it was actually a very funny sketch in an uneven season um, where Amy Schumer played a character who was, who, uh, it was an episode of Catfish, that MTV show. Mm-hmm. And she played a character who was convinced she was being catfished because the guy she was like, flirting with uh, and having a relationship over the internet was using a picture of Jake Gyllenhaal. And so they go to surprise the guy and it turns out it's actually Jake Gyllenhaal and he was just really into her. <laughs> That's um, fun. And uh, he, he was really funny in the, in, in the scene. All right. Um, so that's Nocturnal Animals. Um, the Edge of 17, which is the feature length version of the Fleetwood Mac song. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, is, that, uh, is that a Stevie Nicks song? Um, anyway. I don't know much about it, actually. I don't know anything Do about it. I know there was a movie back in like 98, 99 yeah, called The Edge pi- of 17. I can picture the, the cover. Yeah, that, and that one was really good. That was a, a 1980s set um, gay coming of age, yeah. uh, very explicitly sexual coming of age movie that was quite <laughs> good. I don't know what this one's about. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Haley Steinfeld in it, and I tend to like her even when she's in movies that aren't good, so... What, yeah. else, what else has she been in? Well, there's True, True Grit. Right. There's uh, Pitch Perfect Pitch 2. Perfect 2. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the one that uh, everyone, no one saw, that I'm already forgetting the name of, with Vince Vaughn, which is terrible. Delivery Man? No, no, no. Even fewer people saw this. What one. was he doing? What was Vince Vaughn doing in this movie? He was... Uh, was he crashing weddings? No, no he was a <laughs> criminal that people, people were trying to kill him. But he needed to survive just long enough for his like life insurance to kick in for his daughter, Haley Steinfeld. What the fuck is the name of the movie? It's like a uh, term life. Oh, okay. If you say so. I was gonna I, I was really gonna so. enjoy just going through it. Does he swing <laughs> in the in the film? No. Uh, does does he made? Is he psycho? <laughs> does he made? Does he yeah? <laughs> All right. Now you're just quoting the film. Um <laughs> 
Oh, uh, uh, anything else for the 18th uh, from you? Uh, Notes on Blindless is supposed to be a great documentary about a writer and theologian who went blind in 1983 and kept an audio diary. And this is kind of an adaptation of that. I've heard great things. That sounds sounds not fun, but it sounds good. On to the 23rd, which again, if you're keeping track, that's only uh, five days later. Thanksgiving, though. Uh, Thanksgiving Mm. Day. uh, What do we have to be thankful for, David? uh, A new Disney movie that uh, I'm into that i look at so oh yeah that it one. looks it looks good to me it's called mona <laughs> um, <laughs> oh almost got a spit take from uh, scott there. yeah that was yeah. close <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's called moana oh okay but it could be called mona yeah. <laughs> or angela <laughs> or samantha jonathan jonathan <laughs> The only impression you do well <laughs> <laughs> do i do i don't know if i'm doing it well i got it okay <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, I'm excited to be uh, <laughs> on the fence or let down by Allied. Yeah, same. It's the new Robert Zemeckis movie. Period uh, romance, though. It's my my game. Yeah. I'm all one? in. Wait, Allied. Which one is that? It's got Brad Pitt and Marion Cotillard. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Zemeckis is not uh, a big draw for me these days. I like that flight. I like flight. I that, but that's, I'm on the, uh, that's, uh, that's why I said on the fence about it, because there's a lot of stuff I like about flight, but... This is what Zemeckis always does. I'll be sitting there enjoying one of his movies and then something will happen that's so stupid and on the nose that it just takes me out completely. It's like in flight when the, um, and I forget who the actress is. Uh, I can picture her, the woman in flight, the one who isn't Denzel Washington. Right. With you so far. Uh, I can't remember her name either. But when she gets kicked out of her uh, apartment after she's like trying to go clean or whatever and the landlord like throws the thing at the coffee table and the little box opens and like the syringe oh, like yeah. in slow motion the <laughs> yeah. syringe falls out in front of her it's like come on zemeckis yeah. we didn't need that and like shit like that is always happening in his in his movies so um i'm looking forward to sitting in the theater and going i'm really enjoying this and then all of a sudden facepalm or something <laughs> um that's what's gonna happen bad santa 2 Boo. Don't care. Yes. Okay. I like that first one. This David, this is a perfect example of what you're talking about. That like I like that first one. It was a perfect little movie. Um did not require a sequel at all, much less one thirteen years later. <laughs> man oh man. And it just looks like they're just rather than have this character do something new or be somewhere else. They're bringing everyone back. Come on, people. Even uh, Tony Cox's character, who was sent away to jail at the beginning for uh, murder. And just like, Um, it just seems like they're trying to recapture it rather than try to do something new with it. Yeah, it sounds like the um, spy who shagged me of (laughs) (laughs) bad Santa movies. At least that had, uh, you know, as much as as overquoted as he is, uh, fat bastard. And some of the thing, one of the, back before they overused uh, him wanting to eat the baby and, yeah. and using that to show and bragging about it to other people, not when he's talking to Vern Troyer, but when he's saying, he goes, Oh, you think you're such a hard case. I've eaten a baby. Like it just <laughs> that he, it's a bragging point for him. I remember thinking that was okay. very, very funny. I don't remember and thinking the, anything about Spider <laughs> Shagging. And the makeup was horrifying. I think because the thing that, cause I stand by, Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Damn right. It's hilarious. As you should. Um, But I think, to me, all of the stuff that is the funniest about that movie is the stuff that's 
quieter and weirder and low key and more insidery and yeah. like uh, more satire and spoof and whatever, which is the stuff they completely excised from the sequels and just made the big dumb stuff bigger and dumber and louder. Yeah, and then they got rid of everything else. Like, and as I've gotten older, the smaller stuff. Even though the concept of Scott evil is saying like, well, why don't you just get a gun and shoot him right now? And then Dr. Evil goes back and forth, but then it's just this nice deliver. It's like, Scott, you just don't get it. Do you? <laughs> like just, just a standard disapproving father. No, no super villain in there at all. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. The stuff with Dr. Evil and Scott is the best that the group yeah. is like, my yeah. father would make outrageous claims. Like he invented, he invented the, the question mark. mark. <laughs> um, all right. Um, Damn, still I gotta on, watch that again right now. Yeah. <laughs> still on November twenty third, and on to a movie that I uh, haven't talked to Tyler about, but I know Tyler is excited about. Uh, don't rules, tell me how to feel. Rules don't apply. The new Warren Beatty. Film. Can't wait. Uh, yes, I am very excited for it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, for among other reasons, it's I'm I'm. Ever since Hail Caesar, I am excited for this Alden Ehrenreich guy. I know. I'm both excited that people are finally on board with him and been like, why didn't you all see Tetro? But alas, I didn't see Tetra. Yeah. I know it's why great. not. I'm part of the problem. Yeah. Anyway, it looks very exciting. But then once, but now he's Han Solo, and now everyone's know, now everyone's gonna know. <sighs> <laughs> you guys are sad about that. No, it's just the same thing with any actor. I like. It's like, well, there's a few years where they're gonna be making fewer, if none, right. good movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's uh, there's also Lily Collins who yeah um, was in Mirror. No, Mirror. everybody's in this movie. <laughs> And and um, she was in Mirror Mirror, and then I feel like she was in a bunch of stuff, but nothing I have cared about since Mirror Mirror. Mm. I, did, I didn't see the Mortal Instruments. Uh. Yeah, I when I saw the trailer for Rules Don't Apply, um, first off, I don't, I did not know that Warren Beatty was making another movie, um, and I was very excited. I, I was very excited for it, and just the. It seems funny. It seems poignant. It's a nice, uh, a nice period film. I don't know. It's I'm I'm genuinely looking forward to it. You got Annette Bening, Matthew Broderick, Alec Baldwin, Haley yeah. Bennett, Candace Bergen, Daphne Coleman, Steve yeah. Coogan, Ed Harris, Oliver Platt, Martin Sheen. That's something. You had me at Oliver Platt. Um, <laughs> took, took you a while. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, oh hey, Platt. Um, this isn't on this list, but also out on November 30th is The Eyes of My Mother, which I didn't see, but... Um, that looked cool. Yeah, it was at Sundance, and um, I know some people who saw it and liked it. Uh, wish I'd seen it. Uh, it's in black and white. Yeah. I'm, I'm pro that. Uh, let's move on to December, then, and Woo! to a movie that is very much not in black and white that I know Scott can't wait to talk about, La La Land. It looks so good, guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I really have nothing like critical or interesting to say about it. I freaking love old school musicals, and this looks like a great old school kind of style musical. Yeah, from Damien Chazelle. Yeah, uh, yeah. I am. I'm uh, very, very excited. Um, uh, especially, I mean, uh, it's not just that it's an old school musical, and I like Damien Chazelle's last movie, but it's Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Yeah, um, who are terrific together. Uh, you know, if they become the new, uh, I don't know. Fred and Ginger. I don't sure. Know. I don't, what goes on here? Uh, I was going to say like Bogey Bacall, but they didn't sing and dance. They sure didn't. <laughs> Can <you> imagine that. <laughs> just a very tall woman and a very short, curmudgeonly man. Who's just like perfect. She's dancing, dancing around. He's just in there standing with a trench coat with a cigarette, <laughs> and she's just dancing around him, trying. To, and they shoot around it, try to make it look right. Like it's very animated. 
But this has actual wide shots of people dancing. It's not a bunch of cutting. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. See, in my, my general, uh, I don't have a disdain for musicals. Uh, but the fact of it being a musical is something that I can respect, but not something that necessarily excites me yet. Uh, I'm sure once I see it, and if it is everything that it appears to be, I'm sure I will see it and I will enjoy it uh, tremendously. But the fact of what it is doing is not enough to right. thrill me. The word out of Venice is very strong. Okay. Good, good. Um, Kidnap is a new thriller with uh, Holly Berry. I don't know much about it at all. Oh, I did see a trailer for this, but I don't remember anything about it. And I predict I'm not going to remember anything about it, even if I see it. Just a hunch. Um, Keep Watching is a found footage horror movie. I don't know anything about that one either. We're getting to the like d- December stuff that I like haven't heard as much about. Right. Yeah. Um, but we mentioned Mia Hansen Love and Things to Come. Hell is, yeah, uh, December second. Uh, Her movie Eden was on my top ten last year, and this one has Isabel Huppert. So we're in good shape. Never heard of her. Um. Oh, here's the eyes of my mother. So I guess I thought I had it as eleven thirty. AV Club has it as 12-2. So it comes out sometime in that four-day span. Son of a bitch. Um, December 9th, unless you have anything more nope. for December 2nd. December 9th, um, Office Christmas Party. No, thank you. Okay. Well, what, what don't you... Uh... It's called Office Christmas Party. Okay. It could be... <laughs> I, I honestly don't know anything about it, but that title is very off-putting. I like... It's got Jason Bateman, Jennifer Aniston, TJ Miller, Olivia Munn, Jillian Bell... Who's great? Yeah, uh, Randall Park. Who's great? Uh, and Matt Walsh. Yeah, it's uh, a good cast. Oh, and Kate McKinnon. How am I missing Kate McKinnon? She's great. Oh, yeah. now I'm back on board. Uh, Vanessa Bayer. All right, I like her too. It's got yeah, it's got a funny cast. Who's making it? Anybody of note? Um, it's the guys who made Blades of Glory. All right. You. That I seem to recall chuckling once or twice at that one. Had a couple moments. Um. But with the cast, this, you know, it definitely sounds like an ensemble. And yeah. I feel like that's a lot of people that can bring some some funny, even out of the broadest material. I don't know. Okay. Um, here's one I'm excited about. The Salesman, which is the new film from Iranian director Asghar Farhadi, who made uh, A Separation uh, oh, in nice. the past. Um, are you a, you're a fan. You're a fan yeah. of Asghar Farhadi, Scott? Yeah, I don't. And love separation as much as a lot of other people. And I, I really like the first... I'm going to use your Manchester by the Sea word. All right. And say, not, not Manchester by the Sea word. <laughs> uh, Manchester <laughs> by the Sea word and say uh, masterpiece yeah, no, about I, a separation. Fair enough. Uh, I actually liked the first two thirds of the past more than I liked the separation. But then the last third of the past was just a drag. How do you like the last third in regards to the separation? A separation. Do you like a separation more yes. than the last third of yes. the past? Okay, got it. So, hold on. So okay, let's, anyway, okay. The ranking goes, <laughs> yeah. first two acts of the past, yeah. all of a separation, yeah. third act of the past. Okay. Okay. Um, third, act of the, uh, uh, third act of the past, by the way, sounds like a, yeah. a, good, a good title for something. I yeah. I'd see that. What about, uh, uh, about Ellie? Fireworks Wednesday? Uh, about Ellie's, it's okay. I, I didn't, I didn't love see it. it. Yeah, okay. I haven't seen Fireworks Wednesday. Uh, have you seen the Bye Bye Man? No, you haven't. It comes out December 9th, <laughs> um, and it's a new horror movie. Stars friend of the show, Doug Jones. Oh, nice. Is he in the titular role? I believe so. Uh, and it is written, okay, this is interesting to no one in the room but me, right. but as I am one third of uh, the room, and uh, 
half of the hosts, then you know what? I'm going to say it anyway. It is written by a guy named Jonathan Penner. Okay. Who was an actor. Wait, is that a real name? Jonathan Penner, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he's a writer. He is a writer. So he, he penned the screenplay. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he was also an actor. He, he, uh, it took you too long to get... Uh, was I not clear about where I was going with that? <laughs> no, sorry. I didn't think about that because uh, I was focused on what I was about to say. Oh, that makes um, sense. But uh, he is... I would say at this point, though he was an actor and has been on a number of TV shows and stuff like that, uh, he's probably most famous for being on Survivor three times. Ah, okay. And then his uh, wife... Uh, directed the film, but uh, but yeah. So I'm excited about that. All my you know my my lives coming together. My love of Survivor and my my sexual love of Doug Jones. Um, <laughs> it all turns that way when he hugs you. Um, but yeah. So and it, the trailer looked. And you know what? It's it. The Bye Bye Man is as silly as the title is. Um, it definitely seems to be engaging with certain elements that David, you and I are big fans of, which oh, is, is the imp of the perverse. Oh, okay. Like the bye-bye man shows up to sort of force people or intrigue people to do something very, very dangerous. So okay. I like the idea, All but right. we'll see how it goes. Um, and running out December 9th is Miss Sloan, the new, uh, John Madden movie where Jessica Chastain plays a, uh, lobbyist. <laughs> an anti-gun, an anti-gun lobbyist. How do we feel about lobbyist? Uh, I, yeah, it's, I, it sounds like some self-congratulatory stuff that I will probably enjoy guiltily. Really? I don't know if I like uh, John Madden's movies. That's what I'm saying. I will. I, I think it has enough strong elements between Jessica Chastain pushing gun control reform, uh, plus Mark Strong, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, Michael Stuhlberg, Alison Pill, Jake Lacey. Good cast. That's a good cast. Probably a lot of courtroom stuff. Again, people yelling, yeah. people making declarative statements very emphatically. Big fan. Do you think it'll be better or worse than the first two thirds of Captain <laughs> Curly's Mandarin? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I got some homework to do to find out. All right, jumping ahead a week, unless you have anything else for nope. the ninth. Uh, December 16th, uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I'm excited for it. So am I. Yeah, I'm intrigued. It's just. It's I like this a, business of uh, Tony Gilroy apparently just taking over the reshoots because I like Tony Gilroy a lot more than Gareth Edwards. Hmm. That's <laughs> yeah. That's that's interesting. Um, yeah, I knew that there were reshoots, and that kind of bummed me out. But I will say that just I, I think the instinct for it, uh, the instinct of what this is, is fun to me, which is genuinely expanding the universe uh, and telling a story that. Nobody really thought to to ask about, but there's definitely a story behind that. But there are these rumors that they're going to be throwing in Han Solo and Darth Vader into it, which is genuinely contracting the universe. Uh, Darth Vader, I'm willing to accept. Han Solo, pardon, yeah, it's, like, it's like, no, he's on his own. No, he wouldn't be there. Yeah. Makes no sense. No, thank you. Like, I guess you could, if he's in one scene as a cameo, I still don't like it, but right. I don't want him to be any part of the plot. Yeah, I, I want new characters and Darth Vader. It stands to reason he would be there, but hopefully not very much. Yeah, especially uh, when you got Ben Mendelsohn there. Oh yeah, uh, I'm in. I'm in danger of something that I try not to do because I haven't seen any trailers because um, I don't you know generally watch trailers. But I, when a movie you know the more a movie is hyped, the more I start to imagine it in my mind. Right, I think I'm in danger of like I'm imagining a really cool movie that I'm afraid it's not going to end up being. Cause what I'm imagining is essentially a version of like the, like 
your World War II like platoon movie about a group of mm-hmm. you know uh, a, a group of soldiers on a on a mission. That's definitely the kind of movie they've been talking about. So. And, okay, so I and I and I hope it is that. I hope it's not. Uh, I don't know. I hope it doesn't turn into something. Some bullshit. Well, and the nature of the story, hopefully, is that a number of these characters are going to die. Like, they would have to. The nature of what this story is, you know, many Bothans died or whatever the hell. Well, Um, that was apparently referring to a different mission. That's the second Death Star. Boo, hiss. The Bothans died. (laughs) Come on. Probably some people died for this one, too. Sure. I don't know about Bothans. (laughs) Yeah. Is, is, uh, what's her name? Uh... Playing a, a Bothan? Diego Luna's in it, right? Is uh, he a Bothan? He's a full-on Bothan. I don't even know what a Bothan is. I know what a Bantha and they is. Yeah. Sacrificed themselves, and you can't even... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, cautiously hopeful uh, am I about John Lee Hancock's new movie, The Founder. Yeah. Um, this is Very su- cautious. This is subject matter uh, that I care very deeply about. <laughs> um... The history of fast food is um, uh, inextricably tied to uh, American 20th century history mm-hmm. to me. Uh, and I find stories of the birth of fa- the fast food giants, most of which um, came from here in Southern California, around the same time, really fascinating. Um, but uh, I also know that John Lee Hancock has not returned to the heights of The Rookie or The Alamo since this movie. As I've said, I still enjoy uh, saving Mr. Banks for certain choices that they make as, uh, and just things they return to in, in various characters in the film. And I do like that, but it's, yeah, it's obviously no Alamo and I hate the blind side. Um, and this seems like a very different tone for him. This seems it, like a little darker, a little more satirical. Yeah. This is like his social network. If you <laughs> yeah. actually look at the, the it seems like what points, they're going for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I like I Michael Keaton, yeah, uh, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'd say I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Um. Next up on the 16th is a movie I went on uh, at length about on this week's movie journal, uh, but I can't wait for everyone to see it. It's Pablo Lorraine's uh, new movie Neruda, which is ostensibly a biopic of Pablo Neruda, but it's not that. Um, it's uh, it I guess slightly exaggerates and slightly fictionalizes the period in the 1940s when Pablo Neruda was a uh, fugitive from his own government as a uh, as a communist party leader and um he's on the run in hiding trying to escape the country and Gael Garcia Bernal plays uh the uh policeman inspector who's uh tasked with uh tracking him down and finding him and so um it's it's that so it's presents itself first as a biopic and it is not that and then it presents itself as this uh, cat and mouse uh, thing. But if you know Pablo Lorraine, Lorraine you know it's not going to be that uh, cut and dried. Um, I'll go on. I, I went on more, more length on the on the movie journal, and we're going pretty quite late here. But um, I will just say that this movie is uh, beautiful and phenomenal, and I keep liking Pablo Lorraine more and more. Which means I'm super duper excited for his. He's got two biopics playing <laughs> Tiff this year. I don't know if you know. He's got this no. one, and then he's got Jackie, which is the uh, Jackie Kennedy. Uh, oh, I Port- forgot he directed that. Natalie Portman is Jackie Kennedy um, biopic, both both playing uh, yeah. at Tiff. Um, Toronto International <laughs> Film Festival, <laughs> right, by yes. the way, for those not in the know. Right. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, definitely go see Neruda on December 16th. Oh, all right. We're almost there. Home stretch. Fences. Um, Denzel Washington. This is the oh, other okay. kind of black cast movie that could kind of fulfill the social justice impulse. Um, is he directed this from? Oh, I forgot that he directed it. <laughs> I know that has he made little... Anton Fisher, which is right. Uh, real... But this is adapted from a very acclaimed play, uh, and it's using it seems like most of the Broadway cast, uh, including Viola Davis and himself, of course. Uh, so you know, I, there's enough to get me get me intrigued. Um, I like Viola Davis a lot. Yeah, she's great. Suicide Squad is not good, but she's right. great in it. Yeah, she's, she's very great good. in it. She just sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. We were talking about Viola Davis and Suicide Squad. I think she's actually maybe I'll, I'll say this. She's comparatively great to the rest Fair of the enough. movie. Well, speaking of Will Smith, he's got a movie out uh, called Collateral Beauty, um, and it's another one that I was talking about. The all the. Um, handsome uh movies about or directed by journeyman this is a david frankel uh film um who's that again uh the devil wears prada oh yeah which uh, certain people seem to want to convince me is some sort of like modern classic and i think is neither the here nor there it's just i never saw it yeah it's not not jen is a big fan of it and she often says she's like oh i wish i could just live like uh not live like I wish I could just be like uh, Meryl Streep in Devil Wears Prada. And I was like, but isn't she like yeah, she's really awful. mean? And Jen's like, yeah, but she gets stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's peek yeah. behind the curtain. Yeah, <laughs> uh, December twenty first. Um, I know Scott's excited for Assassin's Creed. Hey, uh, I like he the back Macbeth. Yeah, it's the, the same guy, same uh, two leads, but it is a video game adaptation. So how good can it be? Yeah. Not good. Exactly. Are there, is my vote. Are there any good video video game adaptations? Hang on, hang on, hang on. I mean, there's the, the answer is one. no. The obvious one is Postal. Obviously. <laughs> the Uwe Boll uh, masterpiece. Okay, so what do we got? We got You got your Super Mario Brothers. You got your Street Fighter. The aforementioned Silent Hill. Yeah. Silent Hill. Mortal Kombat. Max Payne. Max, Max Payne. Payne. Hitman. Double, Double Dragon. Double Dragon. Both Hitman movies. Yeah, two hit Resident movies. Evil. I was thinking about video game movies the other day, and I seem to recall arriving at one that is actually pretty good, and for the life of me, I cannot remember what it was. Um, so it must not be that good, but uh, it'll be it'll strike me in like two hours, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's actually a really good movie, but it probably isn't that good. What? Nothing. Um... um Patriot's Day is the other Peter Berg, um, yeah. Mark Wahlberg, uh, real-life American hero. David Ortiz plays himself in the movie. <laughs> I swear to God. That makes sense. Yeah. It's a, yeah. He, yeah. What, what's the movie about? Uh, it's uh, about the bombing in Boston on Patriot's Day uh, okay. some years back. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, I don't know. Sing? No. It's an animated movie. Um, yeah, it looks pretty bad. It literally seemed as though David was telling Scott to sing. And <laughs> no. Scott said, no, it's too late in the e- in the evening. Um, I'm going to assume this. Uh, I'm very excited about this movie. Um, in fact, I'm so excited about uh, Pedro Almodovar's new movie. Yeah. Um, which I'm assuming is pronounced Julieta. That's my guess. That's how some uh, uppity people in front of us at the screening that we may or may not have attended the other day pronounced it. So okay. they sound like they know what they're talking about. Yeah, we didn't attend that screening. No. Uh, we weren't anywhere near it. I don't, uh, I don't know anything about it. I just know that it's Pedro Almodovar. That's enough. And, yeah, that is enough for me. 
Are you, you're an Almodovar fan as well, right? I've, I haven't seen that much, but what I've seen, I've really enjoyed. Okay. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Giving us some bad news here? No, well, this is the movie that I a lot of people are excited about, but um, I am... Uh, I'm already part of the backlash on this movie. Uh, it's called Passengers. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, blacklist screenplay. Which Not a good sign. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you and I are at odds on some things, but there are some things... Like I said, simpatico. Yes, that is not a good sign. And it's directed by Morton Tilden. Tildum, sorry, Tildum. Damn near killed him. Um, who made the imitation game. Uh, which, which was so news. bad that I assumed he could not have possibly directed a good movie. But people swore that Headhunters was actually good. And then I saw it, and it was just as bad. Oh, see, I like Headhunters. Oh, man. It's a very different movie it's than It's a imitation very different movie. But game is, it's so... The, the thing about it, and I, don't, I, I understand Headhunters is not perfect um but i enjoy it. the thing that it has that imitation game doesn't have is headhunters is very lively uh, there is a guy driving what is it that he mounts a dead deer on uh, i feel like it's a snowplow maybe yeah okay uh, it's been a while well they, it has that part anyway i know there's a part the imitation where the game does not have there's a part where a car goes off a cliff and everyone dies except for the one guy yeah. who survives because he happened to be sitting in the middle back seat between two very fat men. <laughs> That's how that works. Uh, yeah, and then he has to crawl through twisted metal and broken glass um, through dead bodies yeah. to pull himself out of a car. Um, that, and I think headhunters might uh, benefit from my respect for audacity. Yeah, uh, I guess I shouldn't say it's as bad as the Imitation Game. Imitation Game is certainly not audacious. No. Yeah. I like the music. <laughs> Hooray. There's other, <laughs> as it turns out, there are more elements to the film than that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no thank you. So is, uh, is that some of our thoughts on Passengers? Yep. <laughs> I don't know what it, what is that about. Uh, I've heard people wake up in space too early and then they're on a ship for a while. They're on like a hundred, multi, hundred, hundreds of years journey and they're supposed to be in cryosleep or whatever. Um, and they... Um, Two people wake up early and they turn out to be incredibly good looking. <laughs> <laughs> it's Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Oh. That's uh, not a bad premise. Um, but there's no way they're going to keep it that simple. There's going to be some space shit going on. Yeah. <laughs> no. But uh, it stands I, to reason, yes. I don't know much about this movie, The Space Between Us. I have no idea. Okay. It's got uh, the kid from Hugo whose name I... Won't say out loud until I know for sure how you say it. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, oh, uh, Asa Butterfield? Is it Asa? I believe it's Asa, yes. Okay. It's probably so, not Asa. So it's not Asa Butterfield. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's That's a good joke it. for 1230. <laughs> um, all right. And, um, oh, here's one that I actually am interested in. I didn't realize there was anything this late in the year because uh, we're not including silence because uh, even right. though IMDb says expected December 22nd. Okay. That seems, uh, I don't know. You never know. Yeah. Uh, but I am actually uh, really intrigued by A Monster Calls. Yeah. yeah. Um, Boy, even, that looks great. Yeah. Uh, even though I would say, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I hated J.A. Biona's last movie, uh, The Impossible. But um, I really liked uh, The Orphanage. Well, and this, so much of this reminds me of a movie that you love, David, which is Bridge to Terabithia. Yeah, I do love that movie. Um, and I have no reason to believe that this will be like that, except 
just some of the iconography, some of the themes explored. Uh, yeah. Oh, there's a high, I, I might not have made it through the trailer without getting, without welling up a little bit. And, uh, so I feel like this movie is going to, uh, kick my ass all over the place, <laughs> but maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> or it could suck. <laughs> or it could be, well, that's true. Like, you know, <laughs> no, I know it's just, trailers can be very effective and the movie, uh, that they're associated with is a uh, complete shit. 20th century women, new Mike Mills, Nat Benning, oh, yeah. Greta Gerwig, Elle Fanning, Billy Crudup, Ali Shawkat. You named a bunch that's of people great. that I think are yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, is that all for December 23rd? Yeah. Okay, December 25th, Wait, no. we've got the battle. Wait, oh, you skipped right. ahead. I, Daniel Blake, the new Ken Loach, won the Palm Door. Oh, that's right. Yes. And I, I even wrote that here. Uh, thank you for reminding me. Yes. New Ken Loach movie. Uh, always uh, a reason to pay attention, uh, which I didn't do. Um, on to Christmas Day. Now we've got here a battle of two of the most low-key, nuanced, subtle actors of our generation. It's called Why Him? And it stars. Oh, yes. oh yeah. <laughs> and it stars the notably restrained James Franco and Brian Cranston. <laughs> uh, yeah, that doesn't look very no. good to me. Nope. Uh, oh God. Um, I think I'm quickly becoming not a fan of Brian Cranston. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> like it's. I, I think that is becoming a more uh, popular point. Is of it? View. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. I think he's just he's. I think he's a really good TV actor. Yeah. Who, for whatever reason, does n- cannot transition into film. He's a ham. I, it's that. Yeah. Absolutely. But why does that work? I'm sorry, why does that work better on the small screen? I don't know that it necessarily does. I think it happens to have worked very well for both Malcolm in the Middle and Breaking Bad. Yeah, they were kind of the right yeah. shows. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. I mean, those, those are both shows that were uh, at a... They were pitched a few notches above reality yeah and Uh, seinfeld of course yeah sure yeah yeah it's uh seinfeld i think is his subtlest performance so far (laughs) um um okay another one that i am not interested in uh gold directed by stephen gagan is that how you stephen yeah yeah. his name um yeah he made syriano yeah which i didn't like and then Turns out he married into the oil industry. Did you guys know this? Oh, wow. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe to take it down from the inside? Maybe. But I guess that explains why he hasn't made a movie in 10 years. <laughs> What's it, what is it about? Uh, so people look for gold. Uh, oh, right? Yeah, okay. Right? Uh, Makes sense. Matthew McConaughey stars uh, as Kenny Wells, a desperate, business, desperate businessman who teams up with a similarly motivated geologist, Edgar Ramirez, to search for gold in the jungles of Indonesia. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard also appears. And I'm going to say, based on the uh, photo here on the AV Club, Corey Stoll is in it. But he's yeah, in oh, okay. Um, so good cast, but Syriana had a good cast too. There are elements of Syriana that are good. Um, I I know I know people feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tim Blake Nelson is awesome in that movie, and I think George Clooney is doing very good work. Um, I'll take my Tim Blake Nelson in the Homesman. Thank you very much. Damn right, uh, Homesman. <laughs> I believe he was nominated for a BP for that. For I believe he was. Ups, yeah. Although not, he wasn't my nominee from The Homesman. I nominated James Spader. He's, the, uh, he's quite good, too. He's also great. Yeah, which I um, I quote him in that movie so often that I forget that that's what I'm doing. But the part when James Spader and Tommy Lee Jones drink at the bar and, J- and James Spader throws back a shot and he goes, ah, there it went. <laughs> 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 
So yeah, I do that sometimes. Um, here's a movie I know almost nothing about except that people who have seen it are very excited about it. It's called Tony Erdman. Yeah, this is directed by the woman who made Everyone Else, which was an amazing movie some That's years great. back. Um, and this already landed on the BBC Top 100 of the greatest movies of the 21st century so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am super pumped for this movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> very glad about that. I'm glad that there are things, because I felt like I had a bunch of shit in a row there that I was not into. There's but, another movie on December 28th that I'm very excited uh, about. It's called Patterson. Yeah, that's next on my list. Yeah. Too. yeah. I'm very excited about Patterson. It's the new Jim Jarmusch movie. With yeah. Adam Driver, which seems like a perfect combination. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a lot of low voices. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm always excited for Jim Jarmusch. And, and uh, while I'm getting ambivalent about uh, Brian Cranston, I am really enjoying Adam Driver. He's great. He's, uh, he's one of those. I tend to be suspicious anytime there's like an up-and-comer. That everyone's like, oh, this person's yeah. great, and then they're getting a lot of work. But I think he's, uh, I think he's earning it. Oh yeah, big time. All right, and then finally for me, um, and this is just listed as December. I'm not sure if the due date is confirmed, and yet they still don't have silence on here. But uh, Lion, <clears throat> which, yeah, um, which I just saw a trailer of, and it looks it looks pretty good. Yeah, Ch- um, I'm trying to find the director's name. I can't. Uh, I'm missing it here. It's Nicole Kidman, right? Uh, yeah, and Rooney Mara, who's great. And, yeah. and David Wenham, who's yeah. uh, great. Right. Yeah. And Dev Patel is the lead. Dev Patel, sorry, right. I should have said yeah. that. Dev Patel is the lead. He's he's the lion. He plays yes. a lion. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's motion capture. <laughs> um yeah, it's uh it looks it looks really good and very effective. And so, okay, so we've gone through all this. So you see what I mean? Like there aren't a lot of you know, aside from I don't know. I, I feel like I'm more excited to having done this than I was when we started. Because there are little things like like Tony Erdman just now. Um, I, I don't mean to assume. I don't mean to. to I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I don't mean to assert that there aren't any movies. There aren't any good movies. Just that a year like this is interesting because this is the type of year where new names can be can come about. Yeah, true. Um, or somebody like. I'd say uh, Denis Villeneuve, who has been teetering on, like, all right, this is an established director that is dependable uh, one way or another. I feel like if Arrival is good, that could be the th- and if it makes a fair amount of money, that could be the thing that tips him over into, okay, he's now one of the new slate of, uh, part of the new slate of directors that uh, is allowed to do what he wants and that sort of thing. And so... I'm interested. I'll be interested in January to look at the last few months um, and see. Okay, what are the movies and thus the directors who have emerged as? Oh, okay, that's somebody to watch. So it's it's both. It's hard for me to get excited because I can't I can't point to like a director and say like, oh, that's somebody I definitely want to. You know, I like everything they do, so I'm excited for this new thing. Instead, it's more the movies themselves, and then the directors will present themselves afterwards. So it could be very exciting. Yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting year. And like I said earlier, I ha- already have a pretty solid um, top dozen movies of the year on my list that I feel pretty good about. So uh, I'm excited to see that list expand. And- top dozen is about right for me. That's that's where I am too right now. Scott, how's your list? I, I don't keep track during the year. I make it at the end. Yeah? Yeah. I... I like to form a, a 10, not necessarily like a specific order that I got to like hone to. But don't you worry about recency bias if you haven't seen... That you know, hasn't been a problem so Everybody far. wants some since uh, March or whatever? It hasn't been a problem. I had... I mean, my top two movies of the year haven't changed since January, so... 
I don't think they're going to change anytime soon. Oh, so you do have a list. Well, I have those two. <laughs> and they are Manchester by the Sea and Certain Women? No, no home movie. No home movie. Yeah, you said that already. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Um, thanks for doing this, Scott. This yeah, was it was fun. a blast. Uh, this went a long time, which we knew it would. So uh, you can find us at BattleshipRetention.com, uh, where you can find, uh, hopefully, reviews of all of these movies over the next four months. Um, you can uh, email us at David at BattleshipRetention.com or Tyler at BattleshipRetention.com. Um, not Scott at BattleshipRetention.com. Right. One uh, of these days. Well, maybe by Sunday. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll do what I can. <laughs> um, we got a commentary to record. That's true. Um, so, uh, yeah, all that. And then you can uh, follow uh, me on Twitter at Davey Pretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. Uh, what's going on more than one lesson very, very quickly? Oh, we did a, uh, a, a longer episode. I guess not that long, but we did... Uh, an episode about religious satire um, in which we talk about, among other things, uh, life of Brian, but also, you know, how to do it right, how to do it wrong and that kind of thing. So I think it's very important, whatever you believe, uh, to be able to laugh at it. All right. Um, My other podcast is about TV. It's called Hey, Watch This with Paul and David. Um, This week we are talking about the uh, finale of The Night Of and then uh, an equally prestigious Sunday night um, uh, TV show, the season seven premiere of uh, the great food truck race. So uh, Scott, where can people find you and your work on the internet? Uh, Besides on, Battleship Retention. Naturally. Mostly Battleship Retention. Kind of. That, that's, that's the chief one. <laughs> on Twitter at rail of tomorrow uh, at criteriancast.com and of late at the American Cinematheque's movies on the big screen blog. Fun. Check all that stuff out and thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 